such thing. We're literally always dehydrated. <laughs> There's no such thing as a hydrated actor. Any <laughs> profession. <laughs> no, stunt performer. <laughs> None. <laughs> yep. Um, yeah, well. Even the... runners gotta hydrate while they're doing oh, the gotta... marathon. We got a, a sub, and I have it behind everything. Ooh, sub! It's, a... it's Dave. Hi, Dave. Welcome. Hey, Dave. Hey. Welcome to the show. Um, I don't, I don't, I, I don't have this, the chat up, so I don't know if you guys want to keep an eye on that. I am looking at it. Spelled my name wrong. That's not me. I'm also gonna tweet. <laughs> <laughs> you spelled your own name wrong. That's no. That's what Brent wrote. I was like, you're not here. Oh. Oh. We would love you to what be. It's time here. to be alive. Yes, I do love what you picked for the. Oh, hi, bye. Just going to bed. Good night, Dave. I hope your exams are going well. We love you, bye. Bye. Hope your exams are going well. Good luck. We should play something on Wednesday when we don't have D&D. So this is Geeks with Kids, the, the, or GWK, the bi-weekly geeky podcast. Um, we do stuff. We talk about stuff. We review stuff. And today we listen to stuff. Joining me is Hawk <laughs> and uh, Vocal Tombs. Brittany, how's it going, guys? Tombs. Oh. I'll put you in your grave. It's tombs. Tombs. It's a cow. Forgive you, Canadian. I don't know why I said tombs. I know it's tomes because it's like a you book. You know it's. I, I joke about You're it just all like, the time. Mm. I thought you were making a joke about it. No, I yeah, Every time we play D and D and Dave says tome, we're always like tome. vocal tomes. Tome. <laughs> He's like, oh, tome. Stop, stop saying vocal tomes. Yeah. Um, yeah. to be here as always. Yeah, we don't we don't play D and D. We're on hiatus right now because we have someone in our party that's across the world right Probably. now. Yeah. <laughs> so we can't really life play and yeah life Friends got crazy travel. shout out travel. to steven hong kong yeah so um he'll be back Steve. in a couple of weeks and want oh. him to get us all bootleg merch <laughs> bootleg lego is what we need right because legos boot lego um i don't know i have i have four four or five lego sets right over here that i need to build you still need to build <laughs> <laughs> i have not touched them once an anniversary Amazing. gift i'll show them maybe i'll do that for what's good um but the, there's always room for more though yes yes exactly and you can always stream yourself building them that's I was what debating i want to do that. for like painting minis but yeah. i gotta get the technology also, they had last month like october was like lego month at all the stores Ooh. so they were giving out like free lego and instructions so there's this like oh, this, that's awesome there's like this little spider-man that i have spider-man I'll build oh that. I'll build that. Maybe I'll put the like the the build thing on on uh, online too, so that people can build it that themselves. Because be cool. um, there there are lots of sites where you can just buy bricks, individual bricks. You can even buy it straight from Lego. But why buy it from Lego when you can get it cheaper at a retailer? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's true. Womp womp. Um, anyway, so today we're talking about music. We it's been a while since we did a music episode, and I love doing our music episodes. Been a while. It's been a while since we talked <laughs> talked about. Remember when they used to do that on there. Critical Role? Yeah, they would say it's been a while, and they're like, "It's been a while." I used to do that all they, the they time. They don't do that as much anymore. Yeah, I, I uh, wonder if there's they, like they, they do make them aware. Make my way downtown. Oh, wave the guns here! It's Hi. weird when you go back and you watch like campaign one, and they didn't do it yet there. Like I went and rewatched it like before Legend of Vox Machina came out, and I was like, <laughs> Matt said, "Make him making your way," and I was like, "Make him away," and they didn't say it, and I was like, "Oh my god, I forgot." They didn't Hawk. start till later. Speaking of uh, Critical Role, Hawk, I know you just got introduced to um, the world of Vox Machina through the cartoon, and I you love the cartoon. I remember. I did. Um, the it's a new blast. cartoon's coming out really soon, the next season. <sighs> 
God. Um, have you listened to any of the podcasts? I know they're really long. They're like 300 hours each campaign, maybe longer. I, I still haven't yet. So the first one is a lot different because there's a character there that they do not invite back for reasons yeah. of such. Um, it's not a but lot different, like but it's but it, there's 30 ish episodes is gone. Yeah, that's true. Was it was it was it during it was during the Percy stuff, wasn't it? Was it before that? Yeah, well, I can't remember. I think it was a little before it. I think by the time they're actually doing the stuff in the animated show, he's gone. I'm pretty sure. I know definitely the dragon. Not that it's right when they come back. When the dragons show up, definitely yeah. he's gone. I remember that. Definitely gone. Yeah. Might have been there in Whitestone, but honestly, yeah. choose to not remember. <laughs> the best hawk you you have to see when Sam actually turns into a triceratops in the yes, in the live and game. Runs around that whole fucking mansion. It's so oh funny because <laughs> he's dying laughing <laughs> while it's happening to him too. So and Sam Regal has the. Like the most infectious laugh, just the best. Mm -hmm. I it's it's such a fun show to watch, but it's a long commitment. I also miss like all the songs he would do, like because obviously you don't have the rights to do all the songs, and they made up their own ones for like the show. Yeah, yeah. And I mean, we all love the beads of love. That that. The beads of love. The beads of love. Beads. Remember, we were singing that for like a month when that came out. It was longer. I feel like I felt like it was longer. It was. It was so good. Every time we go on a strange new pod, we're like, put on a lot of fucking beads. And are real. What are you talking about? No, we don't watch this show. It's not Star Trek. We're not singing about anal beads. Not at all. No. It's what we do on this show. GWK. Yeah, so we're talking about uh, music today. Not we're talking about kids. we're talking about the uh, best debut album, or not uh, best debut, maybe our favorite debut album of an artist. Yeah, Usually, yeah. Uh, best from our point of view, and yeah, that, you know, we all we all you know think of one, we bring it to the table mm. and just discuss it. There were there's so many times one, when one I was, that came to our mind. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. This was actually like I had a list of five like right away. Maybe we'll talk about it later. We'll do like honorable mentions at the end i think i think that's good but mm -hmm. oh, bef okay, cool. before we do that i know i just sprung that on you right now as i was like oh that's a good idea <laughs> um anyway like we do every week we're gonna talk about what's good what we're currently liking what um you know what we're enjoying um i oh i have my 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 stream elements uh thing so we're we've just gotten sponsored by star trek uh fleet command and all the Ooh. codes are now showing up in our chat and i totally forgot i turned that on eh, whatever we haven't started yet but go for it yeah if you want to <gasps> ds9's in there yeah they okay, just this is the new it. dlc is the DLC, <laughs> ds9 so we'll talk about that on another stream anyway we're, we're talking about what's good other than fleet command what what's good let's start with hawk hawk what's your good so uh, over the weekend i settled in to watch a movie which i don't do enough nowadays not um and I found that Crimes of the Future by David Cronenberg has uh, debuted on the digital market uh, via Craig. Right up your alley. Oh, yes. Oh, oh my, my God. God. Yeah, this was a real return to form for David Cronenberg. <laughs> wow. Uh, it's a little hard to describe. <laughs> it's body horror. It's David yeah. Cronenberg. It's very much body horror in that, but he does add in this uh, thing about uh, environmental change and the way it affects humans mm. and that, and possibly affecting humans on a on a evolutionary scale. Um, so basically, Viggo Mortensen plays Saul Tenser. He's a performance artist. Um, he is this human who is experiencing biological changes and the fact that he is growing new organs inside his body. 
not just cancer that they are they're functioning organs um it, does he realize this as a young man or is this as he gets older he's he's basically he's aging um he's very sick throughout the, the entire movie um and the performance piece he he does involves like a live surgery and that where the the uh, organs are removed from him um, jesus it's also they important sell them on the black market no it's like the whole thing organ harvesting <laughs> There's there's this whole other thing and it's this whole complex system that's evolved in that in this in this new world and that um there is this office calling itself the new organ registry and that and basically the new organs go there because there is a debate going on about what qualifies as human anymore if these people keep oh. evolving and new organs are growing uh Saul removes these organs and that but the, somebody suggests that he possibly stop doing that and allow that whatever evolutionary process is happening to just completely take over Ooh, yeah that makes some more sense it's like a time lord with like multiple hearts and stuff oh. That'd be wild. it's basically a way for the human race to cope with the, the environmental disasters that are going on there's even a subset of, of people who are basically turning themselves into people who are able to consume plastic as a oh. sustenance so it's like you get extra lungs if you live in an area with like pollution in the air so mm -hmm. you're able to like breathe oh it's like oh, so interesting it is super oh interesting. My um like there there are there are like organisms that can consume plastic now right which is fucked up and really weird and really sort of neat just based on like you know the world but in we general all evolve into like tardigrades eventually <laughs> Yeah. You just float around in space, surviving. Does that mean we get to like warp? Like not warp. What was it? What's Black Alert totally called? I don't remember. Um. No, What's it's it it's um. Oh, mycelial look, network. Mycelial uh, network. The, yeah. The jump. You jump. The jump. Yeah, yes. jump. I was gonna say it's a very easy word. It's just jumping. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Mushroom we, jumps. Yeah, and then we can be tardigrade friend or tardigrade friends with everyone. Oh man, yeah, I like that. That'll be fun. Um, that little legs, you look like a little pig. Weird. <laughs> uh, a little bear pig. Um, yeah. How how disgusting was this movie? Um, let's see. Is it, the, is it on the 10 Cronenberg scale or is it a little bit further down? Probably a little further down. It's a little more... Uh, it's disturbing. Not gross out like the fly. It's more... Yeah, it's more just a little disturbing. Um, humans in this world that they live in and that the pain threshold has basically evaporated, you know, and, and there's this new kind of I fetish like called there's a new fetish called desktop surgery in that. I don't like that. Yeah, no, people are in the streets are basically like kind of cutting into themselves and that because they don't feel pain anymore. Sounds like know? some pinhead shit. Yeah. It's, <laughs> what, 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 what year would... <laughs> Did, did they say what year this is around? No, no, they never. They leave it so unspecified. You know, everything still looks old in it, right? It Except for the pieces of technology that they use, uh, yeah. which bear this kind of resemblance to like some sort of like a, a organic technological hybrids. And that there's a there's this thing called the Sark, and that and it's an autopsy machine that's controlled by a small remote that looks like strangely like a frog with <laughs> buttons on top. This is really interesting. I sort of want to watch this movie, but there, there are days when you're just like, I can't deal with David Cronenberg. That's you really days. have to go. You, you have to go into it with a mindset. You know, it's oh, like, okay. Man. I haven't been I, in a mindset to watch a movie like that in, in ages. I think 
the last time I watched something that was like body modification, I was just like, no, I don't think I could do this anymore. <laughs> yeah, you probably yeah. wouldn't. You probably wouldn't like the one guy's performance piece with the ears. Oh God, no yeah. ears! <laughs> Around Halloween, I watched The Fly again, and that that was a good time. I like The Fly though, it, <laughs> but I've seen it so many times. Time. That's true. Yeah. Oh, it's, it's so Gina good. Movie. Davis. <laughs> she's so she's lovely. Um, I like so, watch Beetlejuice and I was like, you know what? Now I want to watch The Fly. <laughs> that, that, that is fair. We were going to do a Halloween yeah, episode, but I was so sick last Monday. Like I couldn't talk or anything. Um, Halloween uh, was very lame for me. It rained here and the vibes were just off. We ended up like I, I went out with the kids and we got candy, but there was like hardly anyone out. Like we some mm. like it, it was weird. And um, <clears throat> but they got a lot of candy. So that's good. Not that I'm eating sugar nice. right now. No, of course not. I'm European not. I, I, I haven't been. I haven't. I've not eaten sugar in. Let's see how long. I think sixty days or something like that. <gasps> For it's, real? Yeah, I haven't had sugar. Oh, wow. Let's see. But I've had sugar alternatives. <laughs> uh-huh. <laughs> which, which else? Um, sixty-three days now. No sugar. Whoa. It's weird. Um, but good. The like, Eric's evolving. Uh, a little bit. A little bit. I've yeah. We'll talk about this off air. We don't, I don't need to talk about my my health fun fun stuff. Brittany, <laughs> what what are you liking right now? What's what's good? What's what's your yum? Okay, okay. So I just finished Ghostwire Tokyo. Absolutely love that game. Um, you know, you watched my streams and stuff. It was great. So I'm uploading my last video to YouTube. That was great. Um, need to get back into Gotham Knights because I only started playing the beginning of that. But God of War is coming out this week, so who knows? I might just go straight to streaming that. Wednesday. Oh, so much. So much to decide. I know. Um, like, I love Gotham Knights, too. And it's so much fun right now. And I just started the, all the owl stuff. And I'm like, ah! But God of War, do I play the first one before it comes out? That, and I'm also learning Minecraft for um, my eldest. She's like, I want to learn oh. how to play Minecraft. So I'm like, okay, I guess I'll, I'll learn awesome. how to play Minecraft, too. And it's it's actually quite fun. Minecraft God. is very calming. I used to play it on Friday nights with my cousin. I would just log in to his world because I didn't know that much of the game. Mm-hmm. I would just say, what supplies do you need? And he'd be like, I need like a thousand of this wood. And I would just chop trees for hours and come back. Like I would just mine for him. Like I would get whatever he needed and come back. Yeah. And he and his girlfriend would like be building houses and stuff. That's and I'd amazing. Be like, okay, I should cool. play. I should play um, thingy. What's it called? Uh, my uh, Minecraft multiplayer. I've never done it. Like obviously, I just oh, started playing a couple days yeah. ago. Um, I didn't realize it was like a survival game where you had to like hide yeah, from zombies and shit. That's the thing I didn't know about all this stuff, like the creepers. I was not prepared. I yeah. didn't know enough. I wasn't um, either. But yeah, I let my cousin just do everything, and then I was like, "What do you need?" I was like, "Why?" I'd get stuck somewhere at night. It's yeah, exactly. <laughs> I was stuck. I was. I was just like, "Oh god, it's nighttime, and I guess things are coming Wolves at me." Wolves are coming for you. Oh my god! It's, um, it's a fun game though. It's very calming. The music is very good. Oh yeah, it's very like you could lo- easily lose a few hours just like chilling on your couch playing it. Last night I was listening to your album while playing Minecraft, and it was such a good like yin yang. Like it was so good. Yeah, it was. Ooh, that makes me excited. But well, yeah, for now my yum is video games and stuff. So much happening. I'm um, streaming more again. Yeah. Exciting. Way of the Gun said Fat Thor looks dope. The Fat Thor is in uh, Ragnarok <laughs> and it's played nice. by the dude um, from um, Sons of Anarchy. What's his name? Um, Sons oh, of Anarchy. Ryan Hurst. Ryan Hurst. Yes. He's so good. Ryan and, then, and then one of the guys from the West Wing plays Odin. Who is it? Uh, uh, oh, 
Oh God, I, I wish I I had, uh, I had prepared this. I didn't think we were going to talk about God of War. God of War, Ray. It's not Bradley. It's not Bradley Whitford, is it? I want to say it is. Um, <clears throat> where is it? Odin, Odin, Odin. Richard Schiff. Richard Schiff. Richard Schiff. Richard Schiff. I, okay. Oh man, that's even funnier, <laughs> Toby. <laughs> oh, he's Toby, right? He was Toby on uh, on West. So I can. I totally see Ryan that, with that voice of his, not especially the voice he used for Beta and when he was doing the Walking yes. Dead. Well, What's um, time to be left? Ryan, Ryan Hurst, like he, I think, I think Thor's the main protagonist or antagonist, right, of the game. I assume. I think so. We'll oh, find man. out. We'll find out on Wednesday. Freya still, Freya still mad about Why, of course things that happened in the previous game. Oh god. Uh, Or is mad because you killed uh, some other people in the first game. Also, Odin's mad at everyone all the time. This is Odin. He's bitch like that. He's either having (laughs) sex with them or mad at them, right? That's that's sort of Odin. He's either wants to kill you or fuck you. Sometimes both. He he plays in the God of War game. (laughs) Yes, yes. Uh, Ryan Hurst is is Thor (laughs) in uh, the new God of War. It's gonna be awesome. Good choice. Good choice. So good. Yeah, I still never beat all the Valkyries in the first game. Me neither. But I don't care. I'm I, moving on to the next one. I could not beat the queen. So I could not do it. I just couldn't Dude, do it. I gave up. I don't know how some people have. Yeah. I. Oh, fun fact. Sarah oh. Cravens is the voice of one of the Valkyries. Mm-hmm. And she stomped on my face. And I was like, this has awoken something. In me. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I was joking about it with some of my friends. I was like, I was like, she can kick my ass any day. Why not? Um. Uh, real yeah. life, Sarah. Sarah's a gem. She's very nice. Nice, nice. I mean, I haven't met her in real. You know what I mean? Yeah, I've yeah. talked to her like this a lot. So. That's how we talk now. Yeah. That's people. Exactly. Talk I've never about. met you guys in real life either, yeah, but true. you're my best. Have you guys seen? Um... I don't use that term. <laughs> <laughs> Have you guys seen um a blockbuster on Netflix? Not yet. I've only seen uh, pictures of it. So I watched the first episode. This is not my yum, but I just wanted to bring this up. And the first episode, um. The main dude, I can't remember his character name in the show. Um, he's like the thing that people have lost through doing Netflix and all this stuff is the human interactions. That's what what's good about having Blockbuster is that you get to meet someone, mm-hmm. you get to learn, you get to learn what they like, and you can give recommendations like that based on, um, you know, getting to know someone. Stuff that you can't really do with an algorithm. Mm-hmm. So, um, you know. It, it's actually really interesting. The first time. it's really good. It's a really good show. It's not super deep, but there was a nice message in the first episode. Uh, I like walking into. I mean, I miss walking into a blockbuster and like doing my normal like Friday night things. I would get so many like weird anime on VHS and like bring it home, and it'd be like this one's a keeper, this one's not. So it was a good time. You know, back when it was harder to get anime. True. It's true. Um, I remember. I remember when the blockbusters were closing. They're like, "Yeah, let's. We're gonna sell all our movies for stupid cheap." And I was, and I had. Oh, I bought so many. I had pick a destiny and Babel, um, in my hands, and I was with my, uh, (laughs) my then girlfriend, current wife, and I was like, "Which one? Which one should I have? Which one should I get?" And she's like, "You should get Babel." I was like, "Are you sure?" But I really like Tenacious D, and I haven't seen it, and so I put it back, and I. Bought Babel instead of just renting it. And you regretted it? I 100% regret that movie. 100%. I saw that movie like one time when I was younger and I was like, this is boring. It was. It It really is. And it's like they just awarded so many compliments to, oh, it's so great. And it's like, no, it's not. It's boring. I don't even remember the plot for it. I like some movies that like legitimately are slower for some people, but like at least they're interesting and engaging. Babel? Babel was terrible. 
It's terrible. Yeah. And then yeah. a year, it's like a year later what or is something. What's rating? I want to look it up. A year, I think it was R. I think a year later, I ended up watching Pick a Destiny. Oh, I heard, like, and it's an overall like, audience rating. I was like, this, yeah. this, this Pick a Destiny was much better, one hundred percent better. God, I, I remember that this. fucking poster. It was everywhere. Um, for Babel or 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 um, or uh, Pick a Babel. Destiny. Babel. I feel like it got it's, a it's lot got like of a seven out of ten. Yeah, I remember a lot of people liking it at the time. It was like one of those Oscar bait ones yeah. where like, look at all these actors in it. They're acting so good. You know Tenacious what? D was just a fucking good time. It was a fun movie. You know I would watch is... that any day over Babel. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. You know, this is a good time and my yum. Weird. The mm-hmm. the Weird Al Yankovic uh, movie. It just oh, yeah, isn't um Evan Rachel Wood in that. Yeah. So she uh, plays Madonna in it. She plays yeah, Madonna. I just, just saw a clip of that the other day and I was like, what? the fuck and daniel radcliffe plays weird al and then there's all these other people in it but it's mm-hmm. just the best movie i've seen this year like it's so oh, I'll have I, to watch it then. i've seen it like two or three times since since friday since it came out <laughs> just because like, it's oh so <laughs> it's so good it's so random it's so funny it's written by weird al and uh eric Capel. i don't know who that is but when weird al writes something you know it's gonna be hilarious and a parody it's not it's not a 100 it's not his real story yeah no but i died laughing everything in it was oh my god it just is it on streaming anywhere it's not all it's on the roku channel for free i don't know what that is in the states um i don't i mean i don't know what it is in canada um but (laughs) it's something uh, that comes it's something that comes with a tv you buy usually an rca yeah i think you have roku I have a I have Roku on my TV, so I'll um, check it out. The um, Weird Al Yankovic actually tweeted because it's only available in the states. Um, where is it? Oh yeah, yeah the torrent. Thing. Yeah, <laughs> he was telling dying, people he was telling people dying. the VPN and torrent it, but in like yeah. a very um, like he's like VPN shield. very probably no, very, very probably no. <laughs> yeah. Oh my god, that was so funny. Okay, hold on. Let me let me see. Good for him. Jesus. Yeah, it's, it's because because Roku channels out everywhere. So he's like, so someone was like, how do you how do you get to watch it and elsewhere? He's like, well, they're working on it, but uh, I don't know if it there's um, I don't know if there's a, a, a an answer that's gonna be soon. Very like, and they put VPN. Very probably no, but I'm but I'm sure there's gonna be a torrent of questions. And he, yeah, and, and he, I was and like, he cap, capitalized seems, torrent. The, uh, Roku seems a uh, such a weird choice in that. You know, it's like yeah. a. You know, why don't you go for Netflix Maybe or they Prime? Funded they funded it, I, I assume. Yes, but so. like um, Evan Rachel Wood actually had an interview the other day. I think it was on um, it was on one of the late night shows, and she was saying that her son, her nine year old son, is a big uh, Daniel Radcliffe fan because they had just watched all the Harry Potter movies, and mm-hmm. and he's like, "Can we? Can I go to set and meet him?" And she's like, "No, I cannot have you come to the set because." I am 100% hardcore making out with <laughs> weird uh, Daniel Radcliffe yeah. most of the movie. <laughs> and yeah. She's like, I don't want like, you to see me making out with Harry Potter. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god. She he did eventually meet her uh, Harry Potter, but uh, meet him. Yeah. yeah later, yeah. later, um, later. <laughs> 100% watch it. It's such a good movie. Such a good time. I died laughing. It. Makes me so happy. <laughs> it, I don't even know how to explain how crazy good. Like I would have put, I would have switched it. There was a, there was a moment where I was like, "Can we do Weird Al instead on Monday?" 
No, we got to do the music. Do you think it's going to be on uh, Steve TV anytime soon? <laughs> it, um, well, Steve Plus is in China, so not right Plus, now. Yeah. I, I'm, sure, I'm sure it'll show up on other services that we know of as well. Yeah. <laughs> he's, he's being watched closely right now. Yeah, yes, especially Steve and all the things he says. Dude, when he was like, I'm going to China, we were all like, I hope you come back. I hope you come back, Steve. Oh, oh my god. My god. Oh. Um, anyway, let's uh, let's just jump into the music and I'm sure we're going to get a little bit blocked here because I'm going to play um if you, if there's a clip you want to play or, or a song, we'll play parts of it because we're talking about music. We want to talk about the the music. Why not? So, we're going to start in chronological order. That means Hawk, you're going first. What's your album yeah. and what's your what's your artist album? My artist's album is The Stone Roses' self-titled debut, The Stone Roses. It was released in 1989. Uh, just a little history. The band formed back in 1983. It went through enormous lineup changes, in the, uh, you know, in particular regarding like the vocalist and the bassist and the drummer. Uh, but the final lineup was Ian Brown, the lead singer, John Squire as guitarist, Manny as bassist, and Rennie as drummer. And... You know, any 80s person uh, who ever wore a beach hat did so because of Rennie, because that was like his signature <laughs> thing. He loved the bucket hat. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> they were the most successful band to emerge from the Madchester scene. Um, Madchester was this mix of like rave, indie, hippie, and apparently football culture in Manchester, England. Manchester, uh, England, England, <laughs> across the Atlantic Sea. That's from Hairspray. Oh, Hair. <laughs> other bands good morning balls <laughs> yeah not that one the other one <laughs> the one with naked people <laughs> uh other bands included the happy mondays and spiral carpets james i think you remember james don't you everyone remembers james because um he got laid yeah exactly. dun, 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 dun. that was that song right yeah she only comes ding, ding, when ding, she's ding. on top <laughs> this is the sing-along episode we gotta have a karaoke i wish we could we, we had i wish i had like rock bands though because we we would so rock these i think oh, all I of these songs like all of these bands are in well maybe not yours Brittany, because yeah rock band hasn't been out since then <laughs> yeah i don't think so it would be dope uh, though yeah, um, that let's see. Uh, Madchester was a phrase coined by Tony Wilson. Uh, if you don't know who Tony Wilson is, there is a fantastic movie you should watch. It's called Twenty Four Hour Party People. Um, Steve Coogan played Tony Wilson. Uh, Tony Wilson was the guy who discovered Joy Division and started a, a record label just so he could sign them. He was <laughs> he was very innovative. He was a very Big idea guy in that, but he was shit with money in that, and the label ended up folding in the sometime in before the uh, the uh, before the mid nineties. Um, so yeah, drug of choice in Manchester, MDMA. Yeah, because uh, there was a huge heroin problem in like that. <laughs> there was a huge heroin problem in England and that around this time and that, and so it's like yeah, when this uh, Manchester was a way of kind of getting the scene away from that. And more into something a little more, how shall I say? More positive. More, more like, you know, love and peace and love, you know, instead of like, you know, just more ecstasy. Yeah. It's like, yeah. Single wall. They, they start chilling out. 
Yeah, exactly. Well, I mean, like we, and also it's like, you know, as we, we were talking about before the stream started and that, you know, one of the big things that was going on was rave culture and dance music, you know, all that yeah. whole break stuff and that and the festivals. So this Manchester kind of tied into a lot of that. And so did MDMA. Manchester, Anyways. England, England. <laughs> so the Stone Roses, this album was recorded between 1990, 1988 and 1989 with uh, a John Leckie producing. Uh, and I did a little research on John Leckie and that. And Jesus, what a producer. This guy was, he started out as a tape operator for John Lennon, uh, George Harrison uh, did Yoko Ono's too. Uh, eventually went on as an engineer for like Pink Floyd and these huge acts before he got into into producing. Mm. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Anyways, this album took Enemies like Readers Poll of that year, like just swept it. Band yeah. of the Year, Best New Band, Single of the Year for Fool's Gold, and Album of the Year. And it is still considered one of the greatest British albums ever made. And if you listen to it, you'll see why. And that it's like track for track. It is fantastic. It's so well written, so well performed and so well produced, even though the band themselves didn't like at the end, they didn't even really like the production on it. They said really? it wasn't, they said it wasn't hard enough. You know, they, this is it, not a hard album at all no no it is not it's like so laced with like you know little bits of prog rock and these spidery pop songs it, it it's a vibe it, though i i was like listening to it at work and i got through so much work and then it just ended and i was like oh shit i listened to the whole album like that was awesome mm-hmm, mm-hmm. <laughs> uh so where was i going with this so uh it was this album hit big um and then you know after their tour the trouble started. Uh, first oh, up, no. their, their, their first up, their label Silvertone. Uh, they wanted out of the arrangement because they didn't like the money they were getting, and apparently the court battle, uh, which was funded a lot by Zamba Records and that, which owns Silvertone. And if you remember Zamba, that was also Britney Spears's label for ages. Um, uh, and they, yeah, and they kept them tied up in court for years, and that, and to the point where it's like they were legally not allowed to record another. <laughs> album for any other label until the court made was tight. that's like nine inch nails of the past like 15 years god yep yep after pretty hate machine and that tvt Records sued the hell out of him and that because he wanted to out of the contract and they he had to tour for two years just to pay his legal cost for that i helped pay for that <laughs> did you <laughs> yeah. i don't yeah, i don't i don't feel bad for that nine inch nails is an amazing life um so i was gonna say so yeah um by the time they got out of that and signed to geffen records who fronted them apparently a million quid for their next album um they really dragged their feet in recording and they didn't get another album out until 1994 which was five years after their debut and it wasn't met that well you know uh it was a pretty it was an okay album but that's about it you know it had, did not have any of the magic of the first release you know and eventually the band ended up fizzling out uh until about 2012 when the, they announced a, a world tour um and huh. it, an accompanying documentary film about them and that by shane meadows Ooh. yeah it's called made a St- yeah it's called made a stone and that and it's some really interesting things um they announced uh, shows for this uh, stadium in Heaton. Uh, I think it was, you know, kind of where they're, from, they're originally from. 
the two shows were announced, 75,000 seats per show. Mm-hmm. They sold 150,000 tickets in 14 minutes, and they had to have a third show. Good Lord. Meet capacity. That's amazing. This is how, how like, even, like, what what is it now? Like, over 30 years since this record was released? And, like, people are are still madly in love with this. There's people still listen to it at least once a week. Um, I don't don't doubt it. it. Like, like, there are songs on here. I will listen to it once a week. (laughs) Yeah. There are songs on here that I totally forgot that I used to listen to all the time in my like deep emo phase. Yeah. How about She Bangs the Drum? Um, yeah, I, I want to be adored. I probably like killed like the record of this. Like it's probably scratched from yeah. playing it too much. So good. Such a great song. And it's like one of the standouts is like the guitar playing on that. Nobody really talks about like how great a guitarist John Squire is. Because it's so li- subtle, right? Yeah. But it's all really like it's all layered really well in the music, so mm-hmm. you don't really notice. It. And that's not a bad thing because everything is sort of like this, this um, it it's like together. yeah, it all comes Compliment. together. It's, it's a it's an ensemble. It's not just like you like if you yeah, listen to like, someone. Look at my riff. Yeah, if you listen to <laughs> someone like like um uh Getty Lee's band, what are they? Oh my god. Um, Rush. Rush. Like you listen to them for each for like I love Rush too, but you listen to them for each mm-hmm. of their individual playing, right? Um where Stone Ro- Stone uh Stone Roses is like a big they are together all the time. It's not like, oh, I'm gonna listen to just the guitar right now. I'm not i I'm just gonna listen to the bass player. I'm just gonna listen to I mean the drum. uh watching a Neil Pert uh, like drum solo for thirty minutes in yeah. his Russian Rio tour. Yes. Like uh, yeah. I do that all the time in my house. Yes. And that's uh, that's okay, because Neil Pert is yeah. a god. Uh, yeah. <laughs> um Rest in peace. Rest in peace. Um yeah. but that this band isn't that. But and I no. don't I don't fault them for that because they're they're good as a you know, combined. Yeah, the quartet mm-hmm. itself together. It's you can't imagine them like you know it working with anybody else. And this is just why you know it's this is why after like it, um, the second album came out, things started to fall apart because Rennie, the drummer, decided to leave the band. Mm-hmm. You know, there was a lot of infighting and feuding among them, and that and eventually, you know, in '96, they just called it quits. They had the you Oasis just had to run issue. Away, they run hey. away. God damn it! God damn it! <laughs> I love it. I love it. I had to make one joke. Hey, yeah. You yeah. need to make multiple jokes. You're on a show. I do. Yeah. But sometimes I'm polite and I just want to hear you don't, talk talk. You don't need to be polite here. You know. No. 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 Be rude. Um, I feel like I've, that song, like, I Want to Be Adored, was in, like, a number of movies. I I, I don't doubt it's in, like, hundreds of movies. <laughs> it's not. Because I, I feel like it's... Has it not been in movies? I don't Let's think see. I've ever really Looking heard it, it in a movie. Um, the one oh, that oh, says, I want to be adored movie. What? Oh, <laughs> I don't is that one. <laughs> <laughs> well, the big hit from this album was Fool's Gold. Um, in the like, you know, for throughout the late, late eight eighty late eighties, early nineties. And that, if you're in a club, you heard this song and that, you know, boom, 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 boom with that little infectious bass line. Oh yeah. 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 You know, you know that one. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, it looked like I, it was in Welcome to Sarajevo? Not for me. <laughs> I'm I'm googling, I don't know. The one the one song that I I have questions about, I don't know if you know anything about it, um is Elizabeth, my dear, because it's set to the tune of Scarborough Fair, which is an old like medieval t- uh 
song. Yeah. So not medieval song. It's it's an old like traditional song. That's the one I want to say. Um, and obviously made popular by Simon and Garfunkel. But I like I don't remember this from the album. And then listening to it, I was like, are they singing different words on top of? After I'd watched a whole weekend of Weird Al, <laughs> so, he's like, "Oh, this is a parody." <laughs> <laughs> like I, I, I'm interested about this song. Like it's just, I basically think it's they took the you know like a traditional kind of song format, like and you know recognizable you know song like Scarborough Fair and that, and included an anti-royal uh, scree in it. Yeah, that's why I thought it was it, amazing. It's curtains for you, Elizabeth, my dear. <laughs> It's such a, it's such a good song because it just came out of nowhere. Like when I was listening, I was like, "What?" And then I started listening to it because I, um, when I was doing the listen to this, I did an actual just straight listen, um, because you know I did a gay listen. <laughs> <laughs> That's the easiest joke to make. <laughs> it is, um, which is which works with your album too because I never watched the music videos until today, and I was like, right? "Oh, okay, listen, well oh, they very gay." Yes, I did not realize. <laughs> Oh, well, it makes yeah, sense. Yeah. A lot of look, her lyrics are very good. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And you look at the album cover for expectations. It's like, oh, ah, no. Yeah. 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 Um, yes, I, have a, I have a story for that. <laughs> yeah. We'll, we'll get there. We'll get there. Yeah. That's why you're ending because it's the you have the fun stories and stuff. Um, any other thing on Stone Roses? I think for me, the standouts were I Want to Be Adored, She Bangs the mm-hmm. Drum, mm-hmm. Elizabeth, My Dear, and I Am the Resurrection. Like, I, that, that is. I am the resurrection is such a great song in yeah. that because the lyrics are so kind of sardonic and cheeky, right? Yeah. Mm. There's what is that? How does that line go with it? It's like your tongue is much too long. I don't like the way it sucks and slurs upon my every word. Romantic. <laughs> That's what I say. <laughs> <laughs> And yet it's huge and anthemic, right? The entire thing. And then like the whole breakdown at the end, like, you know, the, the, this entire coda, which is just a full out jam. It was such a good mm-hmm. jam. And then when yeah. it ends, you're just like, oh, yeah, that's what I mean. Like it, when it ended for me, I was like, oh, wait, it's done. <laughs> exactly. I was just going to listen to this in the background of my mind all day. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Um, yeah, do, yeah. do you want me to play any? Wait, Britt, Britt, do you have any questions about this album for Hawk? I, I don't. You guys know you've listened to it more than me. I just listened to it today. Wait, wait, wait! I, I really it was it. your first time. What did you think of it? Like it you... was my first time. I I tend to like a lot of '80s music, so like it was right up my alley right away. And it wasn't like like I really like like retro wave, synth wave stuff like that. So like it was nice that like it has some like poppy aspects to it, but then it also like you said like it's it's so chill and mellow sometimes that you're like this is like a, it's hitting a different vibe. All three of us <laughs> so... pick very chill albums. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> yes, and I sometimes a debut album doesn't have to be like the thing that hits number one on the charts. It's, it's just true. like this was like holy. Sh- it's the one that gets you to be like holy shit. Who is this person? What is this band? Mm-hmm. You know, I knew of Haley Kyoko before I picked her, but like this is the album that I was like holy shit. <laughs> I I can't wait to to no. I didn't get to read up on her. Um, all I saw were a couple of your texts, and I was like, oh, I just want to hear it from you guys. You're so like, I I'll, I'll, yeah, I'll wait till <laughs> till it comes live. Um, Hawk, did you want to play a, a little bit of any of the songs? Mm, let's see. If I was gonna pick a song, it would either be part of I am a, I want to be adored, especially that kind of intro bit with the the guitar, or Fool's Gold, I guess. 
そうっすか We're gonna get the monetize <笑>
was was created or Portishead in general was created by Jeff Barrow and Beth Gibbons. They were they met during an enterprise allowance, which is a meeting that um that it was it was this initiative that Elizabeth Thatcher made in the early nineties so that people who were unemployed could meet up with other people and they can have a create a business venture and then they'd get a, a, a lump sum of money if that venture was approved. So they met during this and they're like, let's make a band. And they made Portishead in 91. They, they recorded the, the album, uh, two or three years later. I can't really remember. And yeah, it, it, uh, this, where did I, where did I put my stuff? Um, it, it, uh, it was crazy. It, 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 uh, it shot them straight up into stardom. they, they went, they went on tour across the world and the popularity of this album and this band at this time was such a um, struggle on them personally that they took a hiatus for a couple of years before they released their second album, which was three years later. Usually you get a band a year or two, maybe they get their mm-hmm. second album after such a big release, especially if they, they had um, recorded for such they a long record. time. Um, the songs in this are just phenomenal and canadians got an extra song i i, I believe on our cd version yeah i remember mm. when i bought the cd version back in the day i was still a little angry because i lent it to somebody in the and um, you never got it back well i got it back you but... do that too much in life <laughs> <laughs> i think the uh the extra song you're talking about was um... sour sour times it was the final track on there Oh, okay. I was thinking there was a hidden track on the initial CD release in that. Uh, after the last song plays, it just kind of keeps going, right? Mm-hmm. And you get the you get this music for the short film that Portis had made called "To Kill a Dead Man." Yeah, uh, yeah, which is where all the video, which is where all the images for the Sour Times video came from, was the short film that they were they you know wrote and filmed mm-hmm. and re- and recorded the music for. Um, I lent this, the original CD to a friend and I got it back like a couple months later and then I was listening to it and it's like the soundtrack for To Kill a Dead Man isn't on here in that he lost the album and bought another one. <laughs> so, one that it, yeah, I know. Um, anyway, so uh, this this album uh they recorded the first song uh, they, the first song they recorded was it could be sweet um then they started creating more the 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 resulting album was this whole was this dummy and it it uh it was like you said it accompanied that uh short film to kill a dead man which i don't know i can't find it anywhere i've not been able to find it since the early out aughts i'm sure it's on youtube somewhere um probably yeah, I think the 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 biggest singles on here were "Numb," "Sour Times," and "Glory Box." Yes, which is crazy because where is it? Uh, I think "Sour Times" was the first song I I ever heard by them, and it sort of it blew up on Much Music, our MTV of Canada, um, and it was on there all the time. Uh, I don't know what else I can say other than it won every award that it. it that it came across. It was that big. Like this was, this band was ginormous. Um, It's such a chill album and it flows so incredibly well together. And this was, this was definitely in the, the early times of um, where electronic music was sort of deviating into all these different paths. So we had the Mm -hmm. rave music. 
um and then which eventually turned into chill wave and all these other things trip hop lands in that section then you get the synth wave after that which is based on the early 80s stuff which is you know sort of where these guys got their influences um then you get the harder rave music that was really manchester and um I don't, I don't want to say London. I don't think London was really a rave scene. I, Manchester was really the big London was London was, you know, London was more was, rock. London at that was point. London calling. I'm trying to think early nineties. It was London more of the, like the Oasis area at that point. Yeah, I think, it, I think it was the more popular, like pop Brit pop area. Like, I guess. Brit I mean, rock. like as far as the charts went and that, although I mean like with underground music, it was just all over and London, you yeah. know, was like no exception on that because they had tons of like warehouse, warehouse space, yeah. space and yeah. So, you know, it was all over. You know? But, but I think I think the bigger parts were all the were all the uh, blue collar cities like Bristol and Manchester. That's because they were all the boating places. So people would yeah. always just go to the docks where the where the raves were. Um I I I I can't I can't I can't imagine not having this music like it it is it is such an effective use of trip hop in such a mainstream way without it seeming mainstream that seems like a really weird statement but no one had really heard this type of music before then and um really when sour times came out people were like this is this is um this was such a chill drug induced <laughs> like song um and it really paved the way for daft punk to come out like a two like a year or two later which is hard to process that they've been around for that long as well um all this electronic music i think really started at this point like it, you didn't really hear it on radio or mainstream until bands like massive attack and portishead came about i think hawk you've seen them live i haven't had a chance to ever see them live which really <laughs> blows my brain yeah um so let's fill in some details here so yeah it was they were from bristol yeah before them was there was a community going on there and that it was had a lot to do with hip-hop and r&b music yeah. um soul to soul uh was actually a big influence in the bristol area on that um in fact i think um the I, members forgot, of I, I forgot to mention tricky tricky you forgot to mention tricky. That I, I muted myself but I wanted to say I was born in Bristol. Were you? You were actually not born in, in Bristol? Not in the UK. Oh, oh okay. Where I, live. <laughs> <laughs> I was born in Bristol, Pennsylvania. Really, trip hop originated from Bristol from these three main artists, yeah. right? Yeah, and it really, like the term was itself was pretty much just a kind of a, a media invention. You know, it's like grunge music. You know, yeah. somebody somebody said the word and it's like kind of picked up and that it just the, people just run wild with it. And that, well, so. well, they can't be well, They're like, it's a new hip hop, but we can't say yeah. that it's hip hop because it's not really hip hop. No, but it's electronic, no. I guess. I don't yeah, know where they, Trip came from, but <laughs> you had Jeff Jeff Barrow, who was a, D, a DJ and a drummer, mm -hmm. uh, and you had Beth Gibbons, who was like basically, you know, she was doing like a lot of kind of nightclub jazz kind of yeah. shows, and that and they it's got very together. apparent on her voice. <laughs> yeah, and they, but yeah, and as you mentioned, and they were part of like one of those like work initiatives, and that, but basically they were both on the dole line together, and that. Um, uh, I think basically they got that single recorded. It could be sweet. Um, I can't remember if 
but it kind of came out of that same community as like Soul to Soul and Sade. You know, have you, did you notice how much of a Sade, how much it sounds like that kind of? Yeah, I didn't even think yeah. about that. Yeah. 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 Um, but once they kind of got the monies together in that to record in that, one of their first things was they started buying up instruments, like old stuff, organs. You I know, know this like feeling. <laughs> Rhodes piano, you know, things that would get lend this kind of like. I would it, I would give anything to have a road, an old like 1965 road. They're so good. Old road. Old roads lead to Eric. Old road. I wish. <laughs> the old Fender Rhodes piano and that you can oh. hear it on like so many things and that Stevie Wonder tracks, you know, Ray Charles tracks, you know. Um and that was to, that was the kind of mood they were shooting for in that. It was mm-hmm. this it was a mix of hip hop with like, you know, very old jazz instruments. Um they always said, uh, quoted Lalo Schifrin uh, soundtracks and that he was the guy who did the music for like, you know, Dirty Harry movies, you know, back in the 70s, mm. you know. But basically once this album hit, everybody started running to buy like, you know, oh, oh, like either old records with like, you know, kind of creepy samples that they could find or else, you know, old, old instruments and that so that they could try and emulate the sound, you know. Nobody ever got it quite like Portishead did. You know, and that's largely thanks to like Jeff Barrow and that the guy is like an uh, the guy is an audio wizard. Um, he has a very particular s- set of rules that he applies to himself when he's recording. A very particular set of skills. <laughs> that's what we need to say it. <laughs> he has an aesthetic that he likes to to follow and that, and he carried it with him and that and for the recordings with Portishead and his own recordings with this band of his called Beak. Um, and in the soundtrack work that he's been doing with uh, Ben Salisbury for uh, the Alex Garland films. Yep, yep, yeah. He uh, he did Ex Machina, and it was amazing. He did Ex Machina. He did Annihilation. Um, I haven't they just seen did... Annihilation yet. Have you not seen Annihilation? Oh my god! I have a hard okay. time. Ex Machina seeing... is one of my favorite movies. Same. Yes, um, but, but Annihilation um... was still good. But I think Ex Machina is better. So my my hesitation watching Annihilation is knowing I I read. Uh, I did. I started reading the book, and then I heard the movie got announced, so I stopped reading the book, which was a stupid idea of me. But the oh, main... I know your objection. Is it also yeah. because the main character got whitewashed? The main character is supposed to be Filipino. Yeah, and then it's Natalie Portman. I was sitting there, I was like, I love Natalie Portman. So you were so conflicted. So yeah. well, she's not Filipino. I am 100 percent conflicted because <laughs> most Fil- people's like main qualm with the movie is just like, why did you? Why? There's, Why did you whitewash the deck? Yeah, and it's it's weird. Like I follow a lot of Filipino actors. Like you know, I'm. I'm There's so I'm, many. I, I, Hire I, one of them, please. Yeah, so I, I very much push the the Asian community for acting because you don't you haven't really seen you don't really see a Filipino actors in anything. Just the past couple of years, you've seen more and more like people from um, Superstore or The Good Place. You see a, a mm-hmm. Filipino person. Um, see them on. Uh, what's what's it called? That uh, Dan Brown TV show. Oh think. my god! Uh, that was a fuck. What was that one? Secret symbol. The secret symbol. One? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, no, lost symbol. Lost symbol. Sorry, the lost symbol. Lost symbol. Yeah. 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 yeah, yeah. That's all. Why didn't they have her? God damn it. Yeah, yeah. See, <laughs> fucking Hollywood still sleeping on her. Sorry, sorry. Yeah. Anyway. Um. Yeah. Anyway, Somali <laughs> Montana. Yeah. Girl, it's great. Sorry, Hawk. I, 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 Annihilation. He did the soundtrack for it. Oh, and yeah. um, they also did uh, Devs together. I yes, that was a good show. That was a great show. I was like, I kind of put that off for so long before I watched it, and then once I got through the first episode, I was like, oh my god, why did I wait so long? 
Also, don't sleep on Peripheral. That's also a good show. I've been watching. Oh, Very that's good. what I was supposed to bring up for my yum. <laughs> I got distracted video game. another one. I was going to be like TV shows I liked. I watch a lot of anime, like too much anime right now. The, the new Dragon Prince is phenomenal as well. So it's next I don't course. know if I finished off the last season of it. So we're getting distracted from Portishead. I know we are really getting distracted. So like I said, you know, like, yeah, a lot of it comes down to Jeff Barrel. He's a, he's a really exacting producer. You know, he, he loves an old sound to everything. We were mm-hmm. talking about like uh, later on with when Portishead recorded third and that, and that, mach- that one particular track machine gun with the beat and that, mm-hmm. <laughs> and the controversy that erupted when the weekend asked him if he could sample it. And he said, no, cause he's, it's, it's him. <laughs> yeah. Not not the weekend. I meant it's, it's it's Jeff. He doesn't really go for that. Although he yeah. he tends to sample I a lot of things too, which is crazy. Not as much as you'd think, you not, know. I the, mean like he used to sample movies from what I remember. Movies, you know, very old stuff, but um uh, when it came to like the second album, uh, you know, Portishead's what they called the second album, I can't even remember it now. It was called uh Portishead. So when it when it when it got to that, um, instead of the usual like you know find a sample and then you know do like you know the kind of DJ scratch in that you know what they would do is record their own instruments onto vinyl so that he could take a plate and that and scratch it in live in the studio. So they would record their own music onto a piece of wax and then scratch it in into the production. That's so brilliant! God damn. <laughs> Ah, man. I love Trip Hop so much. I, wait. So, Brittany, have you heard, did you hear any of these songs before? Have like, I heard of <laughs> no. Uh, no. Okay. So I hadn't heard any of Portis Sour Times before, was the one but... I was like, I wonder, I assume she would, she has heard that. Sour Time or literally, Glory, uh, Glory I don't Box. I think so. But like literally, by the, by the time the first song ended, I was like, I love this. Like it was the same for both of your albums. About it, I was like, okay, yeah. Like their choices are fantastic. Um, your band kind of reminded me of like, like a lot of like '90s anime that had like weird experimental sort of songs with it. I could see that. Like I don't know if you you ever watched like Serial Experiments Lane, but this is definitely like a song that I feel like could have been. Oh my god, that's a weird short series. That's a whole thing for another day, but it was like very early internet. Like, what if people could go into the internet? All this weird psychedelic shit. Um, but yeah, when I was listening to it, I was just like, this is like those kind of vibes. And I it, like this. It definitely, like, when I listen to Sour Times, it definitely brings me back to that time and place. Like, I could, I can go back there. Yeah, and, you and can that, picture where you were when you listened to it. Mm-hmm. And I know a lot of movies and TV shows, whenever they're like, we need to get an early 90s or mid 90s feel let's use this song um especially sour times i think i think sour times is probably the one that gets used the most although i really love glory box (laughs) glory box seems like a song that they would use a lot too also um if you remember the movie tank girl and that they used the song roads from yeah they used the song roads by portishead and that quite a bit and so that that was probably one of the other more well-known songs yeah Mm -hmm. can anybody see we got a war to fight here. Yeah. Oh, God. And I think Sour Times, Numb, Roads, and Glory Box were probably the four singles from this, I think. Yeah. Uh, Sour Times, Glory Box. Yeah. It's just really cool, chill, yeah. like, weird music. I like it. I don't know. Yeah. 
It's a sort of sort of like '90s vibes I like. Like mm-hmm. I I like '90s alternative a lot. So like whenever I hear like you know just really experimental weird stuff. Yeah. I'm like Ooh, I like the, this. It, the, it's the, like scratches like, an itch. I was telling Hawk like when I was in first year university, I used to listen to this album and um, mezzanine a lot in my room. I had a single room, but uh, I used to keep the lights off and keep Christmas lights on, <laughs> sort of like what I yes, do here. Yes, there's like the glow, and and they glow, and I just sit there lying on my bed listening to thing, listening to music, and I had pretty loud speakers. So people would walk by and be like, what are you listening to? I'm like, I'm listening to Portishead or I listen to Ma- uh, Massive Effect <laughs> Attack. And you know, I'm like, you should come in and listen. They're like, okay. And they would like, I would just end up yeah, getting a group don't. of people just sitting there being like, yeah, we're not high yet. But Dude, this- <laughs> I was the same person in my hallway. I would have my door open and I'd be listening to different music and people would just come in and be like, oh, what are you listening to? And just yeah. like sit in my room. And like, or people mm-hmm. would walk by and they'd be like, oh, and like, stop. It's great. It, it, and it, unfortunately, like the trip hop scene died in, I think we were saying the early aughts, like 2003 is probably the last time I really heard. Probably, probably even sooner than that. Like you 2000, know, were, maybe? Yeah, there was like some bands that kind of. Everything got too poppy, I think. That kind of tried to carry it along. Well, even too, too well even, cut and poppy. Like tricky. Like he never really kind of got past Max and Quay that much. No. I mean, he had to. He had this one album, Pre-Millennium Tension, that came out, and it was like it was hailed as like you know genius and that by the press and that. And I was like, I never got into it. Well, trip hop sort of evolved away from that. Like we had bands like Zero Seven come out a little bit later, like I think yeah. later '90s, but they they sort of carried the the wave into its next evolution in like the early aughts. Um. I don't, I think I'm pretty sure Zero Seven still makes music today. Also, Portishead still makes music, so um, they haven't released the album in a couple of years. Same with Zero Seven, but yeah. But, I, uh, so as I mentioned, all these I bands the- are coming back. Like I was saying, the Hawk, like Garbage, just released that. an album like a year ago or this year or something, and like nice. hearing all of these bands from the '90s still have what they had then, but just an evolved version of it. God, I love. We're hitting the nostalgia curve. Mm-hmm. But they every every thirty years, man. <laughs> but they're not. But they're not just rehashing old things. That's the good thing about yeah, these artists. Yeah, they're like doing new stuff. They're like we can evolve. We evolve with the times. That's ah, the way God, I love this. And uh, let's see. Also, what? Yeah. Sorry. Also, one of the best bands you could probably see live. Yeah, tell uh, me about it live because I've never seen them live. So I saw first time I saw them was like '97 when they were oh, doing peak. the tour of the second album. Ooh. Uh, yeah, I walk into the place and we're just lollygagging in the which the which lobby. album which place where where'd you see uh, we were at you know the government it was known yeah. as a warehouse at the time so yeah I um, love the warehouse yeah oh man walk- you saw them in a small club God that's so cool. <laughs> We arrived there shortly around nine and that. We're kind of lollygagging and that. And all of a sudden, I can hear Mysterion start playing. You know, the first track from uh, Dummy. Yeah. And I was like, oh, my God. They're playing. They're starting exactly at nine o'clock. We rushed in there. Great performance. As dour as Beth Gibbons is, like, on record and that, you think she's the saddest woman in the world and that. Mm-hmm. But she is just up there, and she's a big smile on her face and that. She's just up there chain-smoking and just loving it. And That's that, what and I... Just, whenever you yeah. picture, you picture, like, a lounge, like, one of those, like, old, like, old-timey, like, black satin dresses and, yeah. like, one of those dresses cigarettes with the long extender. And it's like, yes, this is what I'm yeah. listening to. <laughs> uh, she's just laughing and giggling away between songs and that. Uh <sighs> So good. Very breakfast at Tiffany's look there. Yes. And one of the cleanest sounds you will ever hear. You can pick out, like, is, 
you know, for, and you know, you still know they're playing live, you know, you know, you're not watching some band on that, just like, mm-hmm. you know, in a, in a pre, you know, with a pre recorded backing track, but you can hear every instrument perfectly. I don't know oh. how they did it. That, oh, that makes me so yeah, happy. Good equipment. <laughs> and a good sound mixer. I wonder if they brought their own because the government's sound mixer generally wasn't good. To, no. be, to be honest, uh, the number of, of, of concerts I went there, I went to raves there as well. Like yeah. when I was in the early two thousands, um, when they used to have raves, um, yeah. <laughs> and, and like, it wasn't like being an audio guy, you, you expect to hear at least, you know, not things peaking, mm-hmm. <laughs> but so often at the government you'd hear, the speaker's just peeking, and you're like, why? How is this possible? You're, like, you're a sound engineer person. Because basically, like, the sound is just slapping up against, like, you know, you know thick, thick concrete yeah. walls and that. Is, yeah. yeah. And they're yeah. just like, we need to make this as loud as possible. And I hate yeah. when audio engineers do that. Like, you can have a balance of loud, but still audibly pleasant. That's yeah. why I like Nine yeah. Inch Nails, because they can go loud without ruining anything. They're another band that very audibly clean you can mm-hmm. hear when they're playing mm-hmm. stuff individually even i won't say perfect circle but not really nine inch nails more so than perfect circle yeah and i think that's basically because they bring along their own sound guy for doing that mm-hmm. did you find did out you ever, did you find yeah. out if uh Stone Rose is on that? i it's not in the top 100 oh damn Ooh. I, ramones, I ramones to... number one you've been bamboozled but portisette no. is Yes. They are 45 Ooh. out of 100. That's not a bad number. Oh, wow. That's pretty good, right? Out of uh, 100 albums, like, and they're going back, like, to, you know, the 50s. Even, yeah. And nobody Which Oh, I have no idea what song I should do, because I love Sour Times. That beginning is phenomenal. But Glory Box uh, is so iconic, too. It is. Another I feel like good. the hard part is picking one song to play for the audience, because you're like, just listen to the album. Just yeah. listen to the album, I promise. Another. Oh, but that little mandolin. Oh. If you haven't seen the music video for this, it definitely sounds like it's so like used in movies and TV, like background. Like this, you know, um, if Ryan Johnson were to make another one of those um, movies, the 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 Mister Knives Out movie, I could totally see this happening in it, right? That's what it's feel. it feels like a mystery or like a like an old does, black like and a, white film. Like a detective, like a noir yeah. sort of setting. If, like, if uh, Avery Brooks was a 19... Oh, no, not Avery Brooks. If it was uh, Captain Picard in his in his detective phases, it would be this. Holo- holodeck. <laughs> his holodeck. <laughs> yeah. oh. And Beth Gibson's voice is just so... It's such an old school, cool... It is so clear. Yeah. Do you know it could easily be one of those things where she sings kind of like ah, like this, but like that's not it. She can she can be quiet. She can sing quiet and yeah, with a lot of like emotion, and she can also like raise that when she wants to. Uh-huh. There's mm-hmm. something. Like her. Yeah. There's something about her voice that just sort of tugs on the heartstrings. Yeah. Like it's just like yeah. it's so emotional and everything that she does, uh, but it doesn't sound like it. It's it's con- like a. A big effort to do it like it just sort of flows through her voice i love yeah. i love her voice there was some hilarious interviews i saw with them back in the day and that you know it's like they was they seemed a little like you know kind of 
uh, put off or British in that at the time. And uh, I think the one interviewer in Canada compared them to Joy Division, and they're like, "We don't what? really like." <laughs> Why and how? Because because of the melancholy and that, oh. that's wrapped in that album, right? I guess. And she was, they were like, yeah, we don't particularly listen to Joy Division, so we don't really understand the comparison. <laughs> I want to read what Rolling Stone wrote about... They divide their joy, I embrace mine. Exactly. Yes. This is what um, Rolling Stone wrote for number 45, Portishead, Dummy, 1994. Portishead used some of the same building blocks as fellow Bristol English trip hoppers, Massive Attack. Yeah, that makes sense. Woozy breakbeats, jazzy samples, live guitar girl singer guy programmer dynamic that's a weird thing to write there anyway but beth gibbons brooding pop cabaret vocals showed to the world that you can feel real pain over a slow dissolved groove Ooh, that's good dummy had that's a how it, feels. it does dummy had a lot in common with the creepy beatscapes of the wu-tang clan's rizza but it's depth so charge emotional power also evoked 40s noir yes and late night last cigarette balladry see the cigarette that's what thing. we said <laughs> this is a good reviewer because like they they hit this shit on the head yeah exactly when gibbon sings nobody loves me it's true not like you do against the fragile cold storage Lalo Schaferin sample of sour times she's a billy holiday for the chill out room oh i got goosebumps that is such a good that's, that's good. good writing that's good that's good writing Ooh. i like that Very i i want to look through this list later um that's mine. So we're going to move over to Brittany. Yeah. Oh, boy. The old guys are finished okay. talking, so it's time for... Remember <laughs> when we were we young? Up, like, decade-wide? So, like, yeah. yours was the end of the 80s. Eric's was, like, 90s, dies out by, like, the 2000s. And then I'm just like, well... We're into the, the, the late 2010s into now. What are the kids <sighs> listening I, to? I love that I... That you got to come on because so much of my music has been stuck in like early 2010. So I haven't been able to find new music. Like and and you're the person that keeps on giving me stuff from like the later 2010s. And I was like, yes, I love yeah. all of this things, these things like, that you've shown Allie me. Allie and AJ, let's go. Yeah, yeah. Allie and AJ, um, I listen to a yeah. lot now. <laughs> Dude, their new stuff is so good. That's like the reason I didn't pick them was because their debut album was like them when they were in the Disney Channel. I'm like, eh, they have some bops, but like they're they were Disney Channel bops. Now their shit is like so good. I listen to that stuff on repeat. It's crazy. Anyway, I did not pick them tonight. Tonight I picked Hilly Kyoko, aka Lesbian Jesus. All of the gay internet. <laughs> is no, she that's actually literally what the... we call her. Yes, yeah, apparently she her is. That since she came out with the video, Girls Like Girls. That's she amazing. She has been lesbian Jesus. For like, I think the entirety I've been out because I saw that video. This isn't on that album, mind you. She did a bunch of like EPs leading up to when she did her debut album. But I saw that video when I was studying abroad in France, I think. Maybe right before I went. And I was like in college, I was like, eh. I was try almost at that point where I was like, I'm gay. It's okay. You can come out. And I was like, eh, just a little longer. Um, <laughs> but yeah, that shit, it was like the Legend of Korra finale. Korasami happened. Uh, the Carmilla web series happened. She put out the song Girls Like Girls and I came back from France and I was like, I'm fucking gay. I'm just gay. <laughs> and I was like, I'm just going to tell people now. Um, oh yeah, because they legalized gay marriage. It was it was all back to back. It was like 2014, 2015, like all. Um, so anyway. Hold on, hold video. on one she sec. Great... I, I want to play this song Girls Like Girls because I have not heard it. And I'm going to okay. play it. Yeah, it was her earlier stuff. So. Clearly because I want to. It tells like a whole story, like this 
music video. It's great. She's a great director, by the way. She directs all she her direct music videos. Oh, damn. She makes the stories. This has a tie-in comic she's working on. It's a whole thing. It's shot really well, so good for her. Did well, she gorgeous. come from somewhere? And like, is she like a, an actor before? I think. Yeah. Well, she is an actor. She's been an actor and model since she was young. She yeah. was on like Disney Channel, like Wizard really plays some other stuff. Mm. I didn't watch because I wasn't watching Disney Channel. She was in the Scooby-Doo live action movies they did later in like the... The Nickelodeon like, ones? Yeah, yeah, the Nickelodeon ones. She was Velma yeah. and it was funny because when they hired her, she was like, oh no, did they know that they hired a lesbian to play Velma? And now <laughs> Velma's no, no, a lesbian. Gay. <laughs> yeah, Velma's always been gay. We've been there. Yes. But... I like that I she, know, uh, she's canonically uh, gay in the, um, who, who, who's, um, what's her name? The new one, the new Velma cartoon. What's it called? Yeah, the newest one. Uh, well, not the new, you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. Like Mindy Kaling's doing Min, another one, yeah, which is Min, like a parody. I, but I think is that Earth she's gay in that one too. Like oh, maybe. Official, official, yeah. She's always been gay. They only just, they threw a wrench sometimes where they had her like interested yeah. in Shaggy and we we're like, we know this is like that, a, a heterosexual cover. That's like, like Shaggy's like not a stoner. <laughs> Yeah, okay. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, Sorry. Yeah. I, yeah. That, 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 that I, I highly suggest that music video people watch because it's, it's a gateway into who she is. But like, a lot of her music, she did music and she enjoyed it. But that was that song is when she finally was like, I want to write about these experiences because like nobody sings about being like a queer woman. It's like you would get some queer songs a little bit, but it was like, you know, Katy Perry saying like, I kissed a girl and I liked it, which wasn't really the queer anthem you want it to be is that um, is, is it really a queer anthem because i don't think really it's about that right no no but it's... at the time like people were like oh she's singing about kissing like another girl but not, like like that's not her actually being queer but like no it's more, it's like, it's more like a dumb bar bet. yeah you know, yeah it... and then she was just like "Ooh, hope my boyfriend don't mind it moving that... on that song was yeah, everywhere no. I don't we could talk why. about it another time yeah oh yeah. i it was fun i preferred hot and cold that's a better oh, song. Oh, did you know Shannon Woodward is in that music video, Hot and Cold? What? I only realized because I was just randomly had Katy Perry music videos on like last year when I was just like listening to shit. And she's one of like the bridesmaids. Well, it makes sense because she's like best friends with Katy, P- Katy Perry. But like she shows up in Raising Hope. I'm getting so distracted right now. <laughs> anyway, all the gays are connected. Shannon Woodward's one of the gays. So embrace it, kids. Um... Yeah, I was so, like, I had seen this music video before when it came out, but I didn't, like, tune two together at the time because I wasn't really, like, super familiar with Shannon Woodward. She was in that. She was in Kangaroo Court, a song that I love. Um, it, it was awesome. She was, like, the main, like, love interest person in that, and I was like, what the fuck? She's just been in shit. I digress. Um, <laughs> now you're looking it up. But yeah, like, you see her for, like, a few shots, and it's just, like, whenever it flicks back to, like, Katy Perry, like, singing while she's, like, at the altar before she leaves she's so short you know how short like shannon is but, like mm-hmm. you'll see her for like a few seconds and you're like oh fuck it's shannon woodward she's so young in this really... anyway uh yeah yeah i don't even know how old they were when they made that i say as i'm like literally in my 20s <laughs> <laughs> um anyway um Anywho. so Haley kyoko came out with a few bops like she was at least like if you were like on tumblr or like you know different Areas where like you know the LGBT community is there. That's how I like learned about it. Like people shared it. And they're like, oh my god, please watch this video. It's the first like queer video I've seen. So she started dropping some more gay songs. People were loving it, but they were just always EPs. And we're like, when are we gonna get an album? Boom. She drops expectations in 2018, March of 2018. I went through a breakup at the end of 2017. Literally, like I think January of 2018 is when I finally like 
cut ties with my ex and I was like, I can't talk to you anymore. Like you're, this is hurting me too much. Like I got to just be done. And that's when I like finally ended things. Cause it was like weird on again, off again. I was sad. I was depressed because I really loved this person. And I was like, things are hard when you're gay. And like, when am I going to meet somebody else? I just left college. Like maybe I'll meet someone through work. It was like, you know, one of those gambles. And then this album came out and I was starting my teaching job and I listened to this stuff. This is a journey from beginning to end. This album, like it has overture that like links into the next song mm-hmm. and there's like shorter songs in between that and it all flows together. So like it's made to be listened to all together, which is that not a said, thing I, I was saying to Brittany, it's not a thing that you really hear anymore. Or maybe it's I was not saying that Hawk. often anymore. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I remember so, like, like when bands would actually take the time to like make sure that there, there were ups and downs. Like there was a story told. Through yeah. The, there's a specific uh, order to the songs and everything. Mm-hmm. So like, I, I'm someone who's always listened to music and stuff, and I had different artists I like. I still have CDs in my car, and this is one that, like, I bought the CD. I bought her, like, EP CD, so yeah. I got this one. I was excited. It came out, you know, only, like, a month after my birthday, so I was like, tit it up. And, oh, my gosh. Like, when I listened to this whole app, I was, like, laughing. I was crying. I went through, like, every emotional state of my breakup. This shit literally healed me. I was okay after I listened to the soundtrack, because it, it's, about, it's about breaking up when you're queer about her struggling getting over a girl that she you know had to leave this relationship with girl left her for a guy same thing ended up happening to me like my ex and back to one of her ex-boyfriends told me she didn't enjoy it like and i was like well i get why you had to do it because you had to find out if you were still quote normal or straight but like that shit still hurts so like Uh. it's just so much where it's like a hot and cold of it of where like you try to be just friends afterwards because you still want to be friends with the person and then you know they're like you know you come over and then next thing i know you're holding my hand again and then you're trying to kiss me like what do you mean you say you don't care about me but you're trying all this right I so just, i just recognize why i recognize her she was in the I, the gem in the holograms movie yes oh, i never saw that that's it, awesome it's not a good <laughs> yeah, movie she was- but she's in it oh. Get, sorry, to getting to your to the album though. Okay, this is I the connection I was looking for in that from that song. He'll he'll never love you in that all the way to yeah, let it he'll be. He'll never love you like me. Yeah, yeah. That's that song. I was just blown. There's so many songs in this that are so good, and like if you watch the music videos too, it's the way she like flirts with the girl and then they run each other at a party and then in the bathroom they like. Mm-hmm start to make out and stuff and then she's just like no i learned better and like turns away from her and stuff and it's so good yeah Yeah, this really helped me i listened to it so much and i used to commute like an hour and a half to work so like it was like the exact length of or no it was like 45 minutes to like an hour and a half depending on traffic so i could usually listen to it one full time sometimes twice in the car and then i'd get to work and it it got me better like sometimes some of the things still hurt Mm -hmm. but like i felt like she understood and so many other queer people listen to this and they're like this is exactly what I've gone through. Like this, I mean, and everybody's gone through breakups, obviously. And whether you're queer or not, you can still relate to it, but it's just like, there are very specific things that like happen when you're in like a queer relationship. And Mm -hmm. I don't know. It's great. So that's really interesting because you don't like, I didn't hear uh, any other, like I've never heard like queer music before. Like this, she opened like a whole world to me. Yeah. And like, I joke around, I call her lesbian Jesus. Cause like, far as i'm concerned she could fuck up the rest of her life she helped me and she changed my life like 
And they're, like, they're, I healed yeah. because of this. <laughs> there, there are albums that affect you, and I love that this is that album for you. Like that, that's yeah, that's such a good. Like that's, they're that's also such a good fun. Thing so like artists. now, and now I can listen back to it, and like I don't. I always remember how I felt when I first listened to this because I was going through literally all these things she was going through mm-hmm. at the same time or when she wrote this. Um, but now I listen back and it's like really fun and I can like joke around. But like when I used to sing He'll Never Love You, like I was like singing it like it was cathartic to me because I was just mm-hmm. like, yeah, this dude doesn't love you. You've told me he doesn't love you. You don't even care about him and you're back with him. But you're texting me at night. You're trying to hold my hand. You're trying to do this. So like, oh, it was so great. Oh. Um that being said, it doesn't only focus on, like, I mean, it's always inherently queer, the whole thing, because she's queer. But, like, there's certain tracks on it that aren't just, about, like, Palm Dreams. That's not about, like, you know, like, the queer breakup story, but, like, it's cool. It's, like, the chill, like, summer vibes. That's one of my favorite, like, songs to throw on my summer playlist. Just talk about, like, living in L.A., seeing palm trees. She's like, all the palm trees Thanks get the way. money. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you from above the endless party like um it's just her i can't even i don't even know if i could say the range i think like the variety this is like really cool debut album because it showed so many aspects of her as a person and i felt like this was like her genuinely showing people like i'm queer i'm this like this is who i am like showing all these different like sort of like i don't know different experimental sounds like she didn't just try to do like a cookie cutter pop album like she still is pop but i don't know it was cool so no there's there's how you got this is this is very much like a concept album isn't it you know mm-hmm. um kind of yeah like it, it has the the core songs that she like you know you could tell were like eps that she was gonna do like curious and sleepover and you yeah know, i wonder i you, wonder if she like because this feels between like this cool stuff it felt like there were a couple arcs in it even though there, yeah, was there that, are even though there was that overarching it's, arc. it's the meeting it's the meeting and falling love part mm. um like the the tension part in the breakup yeah and then afterwards realizing it's okay to like move on and love again it's like molecules and let it be like she's like like she's singing like in palm dreams or whatever she's like getting over it she's like i don't care i'll just have fun for the summer whatever and then she's like okay we'll always have this connection but i don't have to let that like continue my life and then let it be she's like well you know some things happen but by the end of it you're just like damn okay Mm -hmm. um but my fun story for this actually aside from all that emotional connection i gave you is that on my way home from work one day i was listening to this on the way home it was almost done like five minutes from my house I was getting off the turnpike, and a huge truck uh, crashed into me from behind because they Jesus. did not stop. Uh. Off the and yeah, so they completely destroyed like the back of my car. Like I, I was good. I just had the wind knocked out of me. But the best part is, I didn't immediately get out. Like some people were like, "Oh my god!" Because it was like a three car collision. I literally, once I could catch my breath again, I was like, <sighs> and I already knew. I knew my car was done. Like, I just knew by the way I was hit. So I went and I, I had, like, a six CD, like, ejector thing. So I literally ejected it and I took it out and I was like, okay, it's not scratched. And I went in, like, I was so much more worried about the this CD than CD. the car. That's yeah. Or your own, or yourself. Yeah, I slowly took, because, like, I could I could tell, like, I was like, I'm probably okay. Maybe I should get my organs checked. Kind but, of. Like, yeah. I put, I put all my CDs in and I slowly packed up. And then when I got out of the car, I was like, yeah, like. 
can I see your, like, can I get your info? Because my car's fucked. Jesus. Yeah. Well, I'm glad um, you're okay. That's how much I love this album. Yeah. Yeah, it was fine. I eventually got my new car out of it, which I'm still paying off, but. Huck, what did you think? Yeah, what did you it, think? It's, I, once I started reading up on her and that, because, like, to my Huck's ear. Genius. He was telling me shit I didn't know about her. <laughs> well, I, mean, I just like, know the gay stuff. Six years old, she's learned, she wanted drum lessons, and her parents got them for her and that. By 11, she started selling drum charts and that to a local, you know, uh, music store, which kind of crazy that's you know? crazy it's like, yeah she's like she yeah. was naturally gifted naturally talented and that and then like you know modeling came her way and that and so she you know she started learning like the public image and how to present and that you know which is kind of like this a thing you know like you saw with selena gomez and like all these you know these, like young yeah, artists and that, that were kind of, kids. right they this like kids who just knew media and that you know and the, they they were growing up in new media they knew you know and they were learning how to produce media at the time so um like she got accepted to Cl the clive davis music school in new york and that oh, but shit. she ended up yeah yeah um she was she going turned to, it down she turned it down because she wanted, she was doing other projects, and that she had a, like she. This was a kid who was just out there working, you know, and you know, building an image and building a brand for herself, and that. And at the same time, it's like she was, you know, like listen, you know, reading about how she she knew since she was six that she was gay. Mm -hmm. You know, yeah. came out to her parents. You at always 12. know young. It's just you repress that shit. <laughs> came out to her parents when she was twelve, and she had never talked about it with anybody else, and that, and yet. She built, it, she decided, she did what, like, all great kind of pop artists do and that. They they build up, like, the, the person that they wanted to be, you know, into, like, an image, you know. Mm -hmm. Like, the, mm -hmm. there's really no difference. Like, you know, when you think about it, it's, it's like Ziggy, it's like Bowie when he decided to be Ziggy Stardust and that. It's like, you know, this is the image I want to present to the world. No. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And I, I think like back. celebrities have to do that anyway, right? Yeah. Cause yeah. yeah it's like a branding thing yeah yeah but you know i think back to like you know the 80s and that, and like you know a lot of bands that we used to listen to that you know we knew the members you know we we kind of knew members were gay like pet shop boys or erasure and that you know it's like what but erasure they never... no no i'm just joking <laughs> <laughs> that's gay erasure <laughs> <laughs> but it was always you know they always kept that in the background right you know mm -hmm. some sometimes they did to. sometimes did, did they pet did. shop boys really well, I mean, they probably did throughout most of the '80s and that. I know. Wait, in the you mean they weren't really singing about East End boys and West End girls? It was just the East End boys. Exactly. Uh, I mean, I think by the I think by the early I think by the early '90s and that they you know they pretty much wanted to put it out up front because like you know they did a cover of like Go West by uh, the Village People and that it, and it is was, peaceful like, there. Yeah, yeah, and that way they were directly messaging at that point, you know. Yeah, that but, way's like, West. Yeah. Yeah, pet pet shop boys did West End girls. Y'all had me worried. I was wrong. Yeah, yeah, no, you're right. <laughs> no, no, we, they did. Did they we they not did say that? I got worried. You know your music history. Her you're mom is Sarah Kawahara, who is a yeah, that's what Canadian figure said. skater and choreographer. Like, yeah. Yes, like, like uh, a. I just realized I, I never like Googled or Wikipedia'd her. I just knew her from like following her on Tumblr, Instagram, Twitter, like. I've seen the rise of Haley Kiyoko. <laughs> it, it's weird yeah, that I know her I know mother. <laughs> Not know know her, but like I yeah, recognize her work. Her like mom. she like it's crazy. I have yeah. a I have a figure skater family. Both my sis sisters figure skated. So oh, nice. seeing that, I was like, oh damn. 
Figure skating. The cool thing about Haley is that, like you said, like she's developed all these things like from a young age. Like that's why she choreographs her own dance moves. She directs her own music videos. She writes her own songs. She sings them. She does all these things. Like she still has obviously like a band that performs with her, like helps perform all the instruments mm-hmm. and like everything. And like she also brings other people up with her. A lot of the people in her music videos are other actresses she's worked with. Or she'll look around and she makes sure, like, obviously she's like, well, now I want this to be diverse. So I'm going to pick, like, these different actors. Like, there's so many. Graveled to Tempo is another good one you should watch. Just watch all her music videos. Be enlightened. It get gayer as time goes on. Early <laughs> this, on, she's this just whole like... album, the album, all the videos for it are expectations. phenomenal is so gay but yeah like when i when i got the disc and i opened it up and i was like oh there's a naked woman i was like she's going all she's like i am a lesbian with a capital l like nobody can avoid it and like i love that for her because we we don't get a lot of representation and when we do it gets canceled or like you know whatever so it's just so cool to see like this is a very out queer artist who's like mm-hmm. i'm gay come at me i don't care if you listen to me or not and i was just like dang she gets it I, I love that I her style, I love her style of music, like, my my current uh, musical stylings, at least the ones I listen to the most, are synth pop, and, um, yeah, it's like electro pop, and, br- like, current, current, like, dance pop is, um, electro pop is usually what I listen to mm-hmm. now, like, churches and stuff, and this is, like, a chill version of churches, with yeah, this it's, more synth it is, pop. like, a chiller churches. I um, love churches. We know that. We bonded over yes, churches. Yeah, we did. Um, which was also one of our picks. Uh, maybe it'll be in our honorary. Yeah, in our, I, I was like, honorary it was one ones. of the first ones I thought of, but then I was like, wait a minute. Mm-hmm. Wait. <laughs> um, I, um, I like that this is, like like Cox said, it's a concept album. Like It, it goes through a story. And I don't, I don't remember the last time I heard an album like this. Yeah, especially like this recent, like this was 2018. Like that's, I was like, wow, like people still do albums like this. It was, it was awesome. Cause it is an experience. Cause most of the time, like, like we were saying off air, uh, musicians are there for the single, right? They, they make a number of uh, songs. They put it on an album now and they just put it out there because they don't have to, people don't have to buy the album now. People can just buy a single off of iTunes. And that's usually what people go for. They go for the songs that people will buy and then if, if they get popular enough, like that one single gets popular enough, maybe they'll buy an album. That's where yeah. the and sales the of thing. albums like, are, unfortunately. A lot of her stuff was like EPs, and like I got why it has to happen, especially when you're growing. Like Lil Nas is the same way. Until he did like Montero, mm-hmm. like the the album, like he was just kind of doing like. Psh, 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 psh. I feel like Montero another, was another, another like Montero. I just thought album. of that right now. Holy fuck! That was like his debut. Like this is literally his name album. God damn it, Brittany. <laughs> These are all good. His music videos are also very good. And very it's gay. <laughs> very gay and very good. Yeah. Anyway. Uh, any other final thoughts? Like, Hawk, do you have any? I was also reading that in 2015, she suffered a really bad accident. And, uh, and from uh, everything that was discussed that night, she was suffering from uh, CT, like, trauma. And, uh, she ended up going into, like, a deep funk for a long while, and she didn't do anything. You know? Which mm. is some kind of, like... Like that's something. It's something. It. It's something. It's amazing once people can overcome that. You know. I'm oh, really... that's why she did citrine. That makes sense. I'm. I'm very. I interested. was just reading on Wikipedia. She I'm started very... resting with citrine pieces on her forehead oh. and using a citrine crystal, which inspired the name of her third EP, Citrine. Gravel to Tempo is very good in that. It starts with literally her walking on gravel to tempo. That's cool. 
Um, she also dances across a lunch table to a bunch of girls. It's it's so good. It's a dream. It's so good. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. it's, it's basically you being like queer in high school, but like you know, all the popular girls are like kind of mean, but like you're like one of them's probably into you, but you're just like you know what, fuck you. Yeah. Have you yeah. have you seen her live? Like has she toured? I I wonder. I have I not seen her live. I want to see her. She tours all the time. Women throw bras at her on stage. Like she she knows she's lesbian Jesus. <laughs> if if she has a tour, the lesbians will come. Um. Yeah, I haven't I haven't seen her. The only concert I almost went to recently was when Allie and AJ did one in Philly this year. But I still wasn't feeling good about a lot of crowds with COVID. That's so I, I, know. I got a ticket. It wasn't like the best sort of ticket. It was like a cheapo. And then I was like, eh, I'm just going to not go. But here you go. I supported them with a ticket. And we have to like uh, her because she's part Canadian, right? Mm-hmm. You got Yeah. Hang on. Yeah. They need to play her more well, on, on uh, radio then. I I Dude, I really do I like her. I I don't think her, I've ever her, heard her. Her music should be on radio. Like it's some of the like better pop songs out there. And like once again, it's one of those things. Ooh, she's queer. Ooh, she's POC. Fuck you. <laughs> <laughs> um yeah. Um, is there a song you want to play yeah. off here? Uh, I guess we'll do "He'll Never Love You." Because I like a lot of them. Like, there's parts of, like, you know, like, Wanna Be Missed is great. I love when she's just, I wanna be held fragile like glass. Like, it's, it, it gets to me. I will wow. sing, I will scream any of these. But I, I did not. I'll never ex- love you is the vibe. I did not expect this album to start with an overture. That was the oh, one thing no, I did that's... not <laughs> expect out of any album, especially someone oh. was so young on the cover. I was just like, okay. The overture is so great because then once you've listened to the album, if you go back, she pulls parts of all the other songs into the overture. And you're like, what? <laughs> great. Um, but yeah, he'll never love you. Curious has the fun like dance moves if you want to learn how to dance like her. But, yeah. I wonder if, how she does on TikTok. Why don't you just cut the shit? Like literally, I was like, holy fuck, this is my relationship. Understand. You wish you could, but you just can't. So, how many Like, so spot on every sentence. It's like I've like no- heard some of these things said to me verbatim. So it like hit me when she said them. I was like, what the fuck? <laughs> there's there's like no equivocation. There's no subtext to it. And that she's just being straight no. up honest. I don't think I've ever. I love when I played this one at work because sometimes, like, like people will be vibing to it, and it'll be like an older white guy, and then he'll like hear that sh- that she says he'll never love you like me, and he's like, you'll see him put two and two together. That he's like, is what gay? Wait, what? <laughs> Wait a minute! It's great to see the breakdown. Yeah, I I I love that this is like an emotional and personal experience for you because I don't think I've connected to an album like that, and I really want to. I, yeah, I, I was. I like didn't. Ex- I didn't expect it to happen. Yeah. Um. Because like I liked her music and I was like, oh, it's gonna be gay. It's gonna be fun. And like, it was like I listened to this all summer. Like it came out in March. I think I kept listening to it for months. Like this was my summer songs. Like I was vibing. At the end of the summer, I was good. Mm. I was like, I will find love again. 
You will. Still haven't, but I will. But you will. <laughs> a That's pandemic a... fucking happened. <laughs> I oh, worked man. in an office and then a pandemic happened. Um, yeah. 10 out of 10. That's stupid. Really? I love it. Oh, my God. There, she's had even awesome songs since then. There was the one, um, I Wish. It's called I Wish. Um, and that one in the music video, she and a bunch of girls at a Catholic school or whatever, they do a little witchcraft circle to get her to forget about her ex in their <gasps> dance moves. Ooh, it's like so creepy. The craft. Like, oh my God. It literally, yeah, it's like the craft vibes. They look like they're like getting like possessed a little bit. They all dance in line with her. And by the end, they like wipe the girl out of her memory. Hmm. It's so cool. Plus the girl she was in love with was plus sized. So that's cool too, because so many times you see like, you know, women have to look a certain way. She, like I said, she picks all body types for her music videos, all different races. You'll see people that you notice from like, you know, Disney Channel or Nickelodeon stuff that are like were popular around her time too. And it's just neat. That's a cool one. I vibed to that last. I definitely want to check out three years ago. Fuck. (laughs) I vibed to that three years ago. I just looked it up. The pandemic has fucked up my timeline. Everybody's. Everyone's timeline. There are things that happened two years ago that I thought happened like this year. Yeah. God. I know. It's like. It's the the before four times. The before four times. Oh my god. Oh, so fun fun story. We were talking about um gay relationships and all that stuff. Um, I was at the mall today with my my eldest daughter, and they you saw another gays. No, no, another gays. Did I tell you that the 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 water park story? You did tell me about the lesbian too. Yeah, and I was like, yo, that was it was so cute. Um, I'll tell that story after. But um, they they have a, a a pride walkway up to the mall in a, in one of the sections. And I guess it was the first time we had walked there. Cause she's like, Oh, this is pretty. What is this? I was like, how have you not seen this flag? I have it on shirts and stuff. Anyway, it's not, that's not important. And I was like, how kids are, this is like this a is, rainbow. And you're like, and I was like, this is, this is a, this is the pride flag. And it represents all types of love and, and all types of, uh, I didn't say sexuality. I can't remember the term I used. You said like, romance and gender yeah something like that and she's like oh that's neat and like there was nothing i know people that are so like against like they were so against that getting painted there and they're like what are we gonna have to explain and i told my kid that and she's like oh cool (laughs) that's all kids get it kids have other kids in their class that are gay or trans and they'll just be like yeah like his name's tommy now yeah. And then they just move on with their life, and you're just like, "Cool." It was funny. My there kid was, gets it. There was one story that uh, Liara, my, my middle child, um, uh, they were trying. They were, there was something I don't remember what they were watching. They're like, "Oh, that boy's wearing a dress," and they're like, uh, "And they're like, but that's not weird. Papa's worn a dress." I was like, "I have worn a dress before, <laughs> <you're> right?" <laughs> they're like, "Nice, yeah, that's fair." <laughs> like, oh, yeah, makes sense. Yeah. So like, I, like I, I love there's, that. There's so much more queer media now. Yeah. I mean, we're still, we still need more, but like. Mm-hmm. I was happy like when my younger cousin was getting a little older and her mom explained to her that like I was gay and stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, she she literally was like, oh, so like Catra and Shira," And I was like, yeah. And she's like, so you're just looking for your Catra. And I was like, yeah. Oh, my God. You that... get it. OK. <laughs> uh... <laughs> I, I am very Adora. I have Adora vibes. Yes, you do. 100 percent. Dumbass. Uh... <laughs> uh, yeah, she loved it. And then she was just like, oh, OK. And just like moved on with her life. That's and amazing. Now she's older and like. Kids are so pliable. It's amazing. It's so true. Um, Is there? uh, Do you guys want to do a uh, a runner up of a album you wanted to pick? I'm gonna go first because uh, I know which one I I was gonna pick. I'll do a quick runner up. My my 
My runner-up was Olivia Rodrigo Sour from 2021. This was just last year. She is a mm. Disney actress. I don't want to say that. Yeah, I guess because she was in High School Musical and the Musical. Yeah. She released her first Thanks. album. And on the TV show, it was very much pop, poppy music. And then when you listen to her album, it was very guitar-driven. It was a lot, a lot of piano songs, a lot of... She took inspiration from, like... All the songs she listened to growing up, she liked listening to Alanis Morissette. She liked listening to the Hole. She like listened to all these like uh, very strong mm-hmm. female artists, and it really came out in her in her album, which I loved. Yeah. And I think Haley Williams also helped her yes. write "Good for You." Yeah. So that's why a lot of people were like, "Oh, this sounds like Paramore," and it's like, yeah, yeah, because Haley Williams <laughs> helped, and then you know she brought Haley Williams out on tour with her to like come and sing on her songs occasionally, um, and. I think the 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 driver's license she wrote while she was on High School Musical, and it was the one where she was like, where people yeah, were like, where people were like, you can actually make an album. This is really good. And she went and recorded mm-hmm. this album. This is the album where I sit and I listen to it, and it brings out my inner teenage emo, like yeah, teenage angst. Where, where my angsty, like I'm gonna lie or sit in this corner and just cry my tears out or just uh, feel all the emotions all at once and not know what to do with myself which you know still happens as an adult and that will happen for the rest of our lives i assume um i'm gonna read what this is also on on uh rolling stone's top 100 debut album this is 39 so it beat it beat portisette <laughs> wow <laughs> um Uh, It goes, Rodrigo isn't wrong. God, it's brutal out here. But with Sour, the teen queen dropped a blockbuster debut so loaded with hits, she practically made a greatest hits album on the first try. (laughs) That's a really good line. Driver's License makes an epic quest out of driving past your ex's house. Good For You is a Mm -hmm. pop-punk feminist rager. Deja Vu mixes clash guitars and Phil Collins' drums into a weird hit about two teens arguing over who was the first to get into Billy Joel. And Brutal yeah. poses the big question. I'm so sick of 17. Where's my fucking teenage dream? Rage on, Olivia. Nice. It's very relatable. It's That's very... Like, I, don't, I don't own that album, but like I've just heard the songs on the radio, and every mm. time I'm just like, yeah, everyone can relate to this. Everyone's had this. <laughs> this yeah, it's a very relatable album. I was, listening, I was talking to Lauren, who's in our D&D group, and like, she was the one who was like, you have to listen to this album. The whole album's actually really good because i'd only heard driver's license i was like okay cool she's like listen yeah to driver's license is the one i was like eh, okay yeah and it was very it's very just aesthetically lower. pleasing it's it's a song you expect it's to like hear on the radio first song yeah. yeah and then you hear other stuff and you're like oh yeah go off okay uh, yeah and then <laughs> you screaming. yeah then you hear her and you're like oh shit right. and she actually like when she went on tour uh this past year Whenever she went into a country where it was like one of her fans, or not one of her fans, one of her influences, she'd be like, can you come mm-hmm. and maybe to the concert yeah. and sing with me on stage? Because these are the people that helped make her her. So she got like Avril mm-hmm. Lavigne to come out on stage with her, who was yeah. like a giant, obviously, aesthetically. Yeah, she's got all those like punk punk rock women. Yeah, and it was great. And yeah. I, obviously I said Paramore was on there too. Um, so Hawk, I know this isn't your style, but I think you would like this album. Okay. Yeah, yeah. I will check it out. Definitely. Everyone out there, listen to it. I say, good for you. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Let's go with Hawk. Um, So I didn't really plan on bringing another one, but if I'm going to say a a 
best debut album runner up for that mm-hmm. i'm gonna have to say pretty hate machine by nine inch nails oh yes which was the same Ooh. i think the same year as the stone roses if i'm not mistaken uh 89 wasn't it Eric let me i'm gonna look it up pretty hate machine I, I i thought it was 88 but i think you you're right it is 89 yeah yeah so this it was so different from the uh, the, the rest of the catalog that he came out with because it's so much more influenced by like beats and like you know house music from the from the you know, 80s you know which was kind of his first calling because mm-hmm. like he grew you know he was a software like he he went to school for software engineering and the computers and that you know, before getting, you know, and he was him also being Trent Reznor. I don't know if we even mentioned that. <laughs> <laughs> he was a piano prodigy too. Um, yeah. and, as he said, I was going to probably spend like you know, four years learning how to play piano from a, you know some old nun, uh, and then I discovered Kiss. <laughs> fair, fair. Um, yeah, one have of you, the best. Did you see his early '80s music where he would have like the flock of seagulls hair and like? Yeah. Oh my God! It was such a wild trip. Seeing you can actually like that. you can actually see him in that old Michael J. Fox movie. Um, what do they call it? Um, it was that serious movie Michael J. Fox did where he was like downtown, like a you know, Wall Street Team guy. Wolf. Just kidding. Wasn't Team Wolf? It was. Uh, <laughs> I, I think it's called Bright Lights, Big City, or something like that. Oh. Uh, but Trent Reznor was in there in that because he was apparently playing with his old band there. Um, yeah, this was probably one of the best debuts ever, and that it like for an, it, for it being released on an independent label, TVT Records, and I ended up going platinum, Oof. you know, which is like a million sales in the U.S., you know, um, which also led to a lot of his troubles in that, uh, you know, because is is as Eric and I were talking about earlier, that his record company basically sued him to keep him on the contract that they had kept him locked into, and that he wanted off, he and. He ended up spending two years touring on that just to pay for his legal costs mm-hmm. um, and recording it in secret. Apparently, every time he went into a studio during that time, he'd have to put down like a different like, you know, band name. So he mostly just made up like a lot of like really terrible names for bands. Um, it paid off, though, because like when uh, Interscope Records came in and bought out his contract and that he's, you know, and said, like, here's money for your next project. You know, we're all set up. And he's like, here you go. Here's an EP to release. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. There, um, Trent Reznor is such a cool person with his fans too. Like a number of years ago, they recorded a bunch of their tour, but they didn't make a a Blu-ray or DVD of it. They were just they gave it out to their fans and like, if you want, edit this into something. And like, we went wild, we went wild. It was awesome. And that now there's like an unofficial, uh, fan edit of a whole tour. Which is, you know, like each songs was interconnected with different, you know, cities and stuff. I wonder if any of my stuff got picked for that. Anyway, that's not important. <laughs> but yeah, it was, it was, it was wild. Brittany. Yay. Okay. Okay. Close this out. I with... have two honorable mentions. Yeah. Two. Do it. Um. So real, real quick, I want to say the first album that uh churches did, what? uh, the bones of what you believe. Because oh, so uh, churches, I I love. I have I think all their albums. I will just like pop in CDs and listen to them whenever I have mm-hmm. like you know extended car rides or anything. Um, but they took like the world by storm. I don't know what happened in our zeitgeist, but it's like it, like the mother we share was like everywhere, absolutely everywhere when that came out. Um, but I like Gun, which is on that, and Dude. they always they're they have such cool like trippy music videos and stuff. 
Um, even if it's just like them playing instruments and like weird visuals popping around. And I just like, I remember seeing Gun and I was just like, I'm so into this. It's like, yep. run, run, I will burn your bridges. I will be a gun and it too I'll come for. And I was like, <gasps> I felt like I was like transcended to like a new plane of existence with this band. And uh, every time they release an album, like, I love it. I love the song they did for Death Stranding. I didn't even play that game. And I'm like, this and, song fucking And rocks. Mirror's Edge. Mirror's Edge. I bought Catalyst. Okay, I love the first Me Mirror's too. Edge game. So I was always going to play the second one. But I got Catalyst because I saw they were doing the music for yep. it. Yep. I was like, I got to do it. I got I to do it. Did I tell you the story? Let me tell you. About, I played that wow. jukebox in the game all the time. Did I tell you the story of how I discovered churches? No. No. Okay, so um, I was living in <laughs> Toronto at the time in about 2012 and my friend was like oh this band is coming and then you know they showed me a little bit of their music on youtube at the time i was like oh cool i really liked it and i was like but i was like tired at the time when churches was in uh i think they played the danforth so a small venue Mm -hmm. and i was like you know what i i don't really want to go to that i'll go see them again when they come around next time and then like a couple the weeks next time later, they were like huge. A couple weeks later is when their album yeah. when they dropped their first single. Did and it just like dropped, right? it just okay. it wasn't even the album, it was just a single. And they just exploded. Yeah. And and then when they came back, they played like the ACC, which is the Air Canada Center. And I was like, Well, I can't afford them anymore. <laughs> so like, Look, like, I can't afford churches. Yeah. So Dude, they were that um, was so sad. there was this alt radio station uh that I used to listen to. I don't even remember what what was it anymore. Um, but it was like all throughout high school or whatever, they would always like, it was just this one radio station that would always play like this alternative music. And they started playing a lot of their songs, like before this, like the mother we share came out. Mm-hmm. And like, I was like, Oh, this is so cool. I was always jokingly call them Traverches whenever yeah, I, I come on the radio. They had the beans. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, Ooh, it's Traverches. And then when like mother we share came out and then all of a sudden everybody, it was like kind of like um, how Imagine Dragons was like, mm-hmm. kind of like, lo- like not a lot of people knew about them. And then they came out the with killers like their were the same. of songs that hit the radio. Oh yeah, the killers. I okay. Oh man, that was another good debut. We can talk, debut we can talk about there. the killers for like a whole episode because like I love a lot of their music too. Bones. Okay, moving on. Yeah. <laughs> um. Yeah, churches gets my honorable mention because they fucking like you said just blew up almost seemingly overnight. Yep. And that was I that love, was my first inter- their albums. introduction to synth. Uh, new age, new synth wave. I guess synth pop. Synth yeah, pop and is now the I'm one. Obsessed. Yeah. Anytime they put anything out. I and there's songs it. that I prefer, like some of their songs over others, but like at the end of the day, I will sit and just like listen to a whole CD in a row and I'm just like, yeah. I, th- I think they might be my current favorite band, to be honest. Um, they, they just, they, they haven't really done wrong. No. They, <laughs> they, you always know you're going to have fun. You know, when you get into a band so much, you're like, well, I need to get their Japanese release of their CD <laughs> so uh, I can yeah. get. <laughs> I have oh like God. multiple copies of their albums just so that you can get exclusive like here's a live track then here are the bbc yeah, sessions you're like, you're like why i want the studio why, yeah why have i gotten versions? into this version but churches and lauren mayberry is such an amazing person so i don't know good. if you follow her on twitter or anything but um mm-hmm. she used to be a lawyer so she was the one who actually I believe it. she's <laughs> the one who who worked out their contract with their record label because she knew all the legalese to go through it all she's like no loopholes she, she actually read like <laughs> when they were going through it she's like let me read that first before she gave it to her agent yeah publishing rights stay with us yeah it was amazing I love like it. i love all the stories about her Brilliant. was there a second album you said you wanted to do 
yeah, my second honorable mention is Montero uh, by Lil Nas X. So it was his yeah. uh, self-named debut album that came out, you know, last year. It was like a big thing. Um, and while I do love Call Me By Your Name, because who doesn't love Lil Nas uh, sliding down a stripper pole <laughs> all the way to hell to ride the devil. I love his music brain. videos. Like this, this kid is unapologetically, I mean, that kid, he's like an adult now. This guy is unapologetically gay. And like, I, I relate a little more to Haley Kyoko because like of the the nature of her songs and you know being a lesbian but Lil Nas every time he drops a song I'm like I'm there day one I'm liking his video I'm commenting on it I am sharing it to everybody because they get mm. better and better like I liked him when he did Panini and he was like a robot like a cyberpunk ro- it was goofy but like call me by your name that got stuck in my head forever like Pissed so many people off. It he, was great. He's really hit a mainstream I, that I've never seen another like he, LGBTQ artist has ever hit. Because he I, got his foot in with country at first and they didn't know he was gay. Yeah. And then he was just like showed up as a he, fucking pink cowboy and they were like, what? And he's black? Wait. And you're just like, he <laughs> 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 the trifecta. <laughs> no, he's just it, like... I think that was like probably the nation's blazing saddles moment. Uh, <laughs> oh, yeah. If you understand exactly. the reference. Yeah. Oh my god. Uh, so but funny. I mean like but, get um, you get Billy Ray Cyrus to do a hook for your track and that and it's like yeah, you 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 basically oh, yeah. It was the Trojan horse. Yeah. Like it was yes. pun exactly. heavily intended because it's Lil Nas. Yeah. Um mm-hmm. yeah, like by the time like Calm by Your Name happened, like people were like TikToking it, it was just it was amazing. Um, Industry Baby then on top of that, because he performed uh, Ontario Live, did that whole like Egyptian theme, mm-hmm. and then at the end he like made out with one of his dancers and like licked his face and shit. Like, he knew he pissed a bunch of people off. Yeah. Um, so after that, in his Industry Baby video, he literally like had already filmed everything and added the poster he rips down was that shot of the MTV Awards where he was making out with that dude. And I was like, <laughs> this kid fucking gets it. Raised all that money for like prison bail stuff like it was awesome but my favorite song sun goes down which a lot of people like because you know it's not really like on the radio or anything like uh all his more like poppy loud ones are on the radio but sun goes down is this music video that i've shared to facebook before and it's a video it's a really cool one like you'll have to watch it but the video takes place of where he's seeing himself go to prom in high school and feel alone because he's gay and like alone and like once again, I related to this because I was queer in high school. I always knew that I was different. I repressed a lot of it. I tried to be normal. I went with one of my closest guy friends to, to prom. Like Everybody was like, oh, you guys should date. You guys are best friends, whatever. And I kept trying to be that person. So my prom night ended horribly. I came home and I cried in the shower. Um, like Because I had a really fun prom. Don't get me wrong. We did a parade and everything. And like I still share pictures from it. The Tron but one. at the end of the night... I tried to kiss my friend because that's what everybody told me I needed to do. Um, and like, even like my English teacher was like, yeah, you guys are perfect. Sure. You need to like kiss him, do whatever. It's like, you guys are going to go to college. And, like you need to be good. So like I tried to kiss him and it did, it did not go well. <laughs> like he turned his face for me. It was so awkward. I was like, I ruined our friendship. Like things were not the same after that. And like, it was terrible because like, I also knew that I was gay. And it was sucked because the whole time I was at prom, I was trying to be like, I was seeing all these other couples. Mm-hmm. They're like happy and holding hands. And like, I didn't like, even when we held hands and stuff, like I was like, this isn't what I want though. 
Like, I knew in my mind, I was like, I don't want to be holding hands with him. I don't want to be trying to kiss him. But I still did it anyway. So, like, when I saw this music video with Lil Nas, and, like, by the end, things were okay because he, like, comes out of the bathroom because he was, like, crying alone. But he comes out and he starts dancing on his own and just, like, having fun with other people. I was like, fuck, I wish this is what my prom would have been. Uh, so I remember, like, yeah, I don't, I don't think anyone has had a good prom. Has anyone had a good prom? I hated my prom. Yeah. It was terrible. It was, I had fun until the end, but I ran away from my I, like, date. I cried because I like really knew I was gay, but then I kept repressing it for a few more years because I was like, "It'll be, you'll meet a guy, and eventually it'll be okay. You need somebody you can." <laughs> and can, the guys are me and Hawk, and it's gonna be okay. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you're fine. No, I had a really nice boyfriend in college for like three months and then afterwards i was like it's 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 me it's not you and then a year later i told him i was like no for real it's me it's not you i'm actually gay and he was like oh okay yeah that makes sense shout out to mike you're a real one i love it i love actually it. saw facebook told me it was like it was like uh seven or eight years ago it was like eight years ago you and mike started dating and i was like my <laughs> one and only boyfriend ever oh. i was like he was great though i tell every i talked him up to everybody i was like he's great date him i'm just fucking it. weird and then I was like, I'm not weird, I'm gay. Nope, <laughs> nope, no weird. No right. Yeah, so watch that Montero, Sun Goes Down. Sun It'll break your heart, because he basically is talking about, like, borderline wanting to kill himself. Oh. He gets happy by the end. It's deep shit. If you actually listen to the lyrics, it's like, oof. I have it Yikes. all set, I have it all set up for me. I'm not going to put it on here, because that'll definitely knock us off the, 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 the <laughs> but it's, it's a great music video i love his music video it's so well thought out all of the music videos like i've seen today um the stone roses had a couple of music videos i did not know that um i i'd seen all the portishead ones so i knew those yeah. were all good and then they're the, all cool they're so good and, and oh uh, did you yeah. ever see um the one for oh what was the track it's off the second album and that but the video was directed by chris cunningham it's really neat i um, don't recall um, it does, uh, I can't remember the track name right now. Anyways, yeah. everyone should check out. I know this is not a advertise. I'm not advertising YouTube Music, <laughs> but if you go to YouTube Music, they have all of these albums that we talked about, and they have the music videos associated with the ones that have music videos. So mm. when I watched, um, when I listened to Haley Kyoko's album today, it played the music videos. So I was like, instead of just listening to it for like the third yeah, or second time i got too. to watch it and i was like damn this is a good these are good videos too yeah so there it is anyway thank you hawk thank you Brittany, for coming this was on fun. We're talking this about was music so much fun. i like the music episodes got very, and, I, yeah it's been so long since i got to talk like this about music stuff i i I, I wanted to do it more frequently i know we're gonna do our, our i don't know if we're gonna do the 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 reading live or we're gonna record it and just release it off into the world for our table read um but I do want to do another music, and I don't know if I want to do a Christmas one because there's a lot of good Christmas albums that people don't know, but there's, there's also a lot of bad lot of good, Christmas songs. I'm good at picking specific Christmas songs because, like, <laughs> it gets done so many times that, like, there's specific versions that are good where mm -hmm. I'm, like, top tier. And what I've realized, I did this last year for another podcast for, like, a Christmas episode. I was just like, oh, my God, all these singers are black. <laughs> like, I was like, all, like, the top, like, because it was, like, Motown. Like, I listened to a lot of Motown growing up, so I always yeah. have, like, the Motown versions of the Christmas songs. Those and are just generally like, the better ones, anyway. Oh, they're incredible. so good. Yeah. And I'm like, Christmas I don't care what random white pop stars redone it now. Christmas. No. The, I think the, the most played that's, Christmas that's album for me, for me is um, the Bare Naked Ladies 
uh, Christmas album, which also <laughs> has Jewish songs on it too, which I enjoy. Um, anyway, we'll we'll talk we'll we'll talk about music stuff afterwards because I, I I do want to do another music episode. I I want to do these like every other month because I like music episodes. I think yeah, I like not? I like hearing new music. Um, so we're gonna keep on bringing Britney back because all the old music that me and Hawk bring are songs that we already know. Kind of good stuff. It's gonna eventually. I'm just gonna be like, here's all the J-pop artists I'm listening to now, and you're gonna be like, oh my god. Yes, J-pop, K-pop. Like, I watched a weird anime. Here's a great OST now. <laughs> <laughs> I used to listen. Well, we'll talk about this off air. Um. Anyway, thank you guys for coming and talking and about music and listening to music with us and sharing all these great debut albums. They're uh, they've been amazing, and I'm gonna definitely watch that Montero video afterwards. Um. Thank you guys out there for listening to us on the internet. We will see you guys soon. Have a good night. Goodbye. Well, that's it for us this week on Geeks with Kids. If you want to get a hold of us, you can send us an email at podcast at geekswithkids.ca. And don't forget to like us on Facebook at facebook.com slash geekswithkids. Follow us on Twitter at geekswithkidscn. Check out our pics on Instagram at geekswithkids. And you can find all of this good stuff on our website at www.geekswithkids.ca. So if you like what here, why don't you hit that subscribe button and leave us a comment. This podcast can be found on iTunes, Spotify, Google Play, Stitcher, YouTube, and your favorite podcasting app. Thanks again for listening, and we'll see you next time.